This podcast is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use promo code BALDMOVE, all caps, to get $5 off your first order. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 12, entitled Not Tomorrow Yet. Uh, it feels like tomorrow for me. It feels like The Walking Dead has turned a page. Turned a page? Uh, turned a lot of pages, actually, over these last few episodes. Really uh, kind of burned through some comic material, some good stuff, and they're getting to the fucking point, and it's all just working. The dawn has risen on a new day, and by dawn I mean three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> right, we skipped dawn entirely, <laughs> uh, even though it made no sense in the plot. But uh, no, I mean, is it? Am I? By my accounts, mm-hmm. they've had three solid to good episodes in a row. So, it happened. Uh, and and I don't. Again, I I made I think what the, is a smart choice to not go back and refamiliarize myself with the material. Yeah, I've read through on this on the comics, but it's been like three years ago. And I, you know, I understand that this episode isn't a lift from the comics. This is kind of an original plot. So to, I think that, you know, that's always been a problem that they've had when they go off the page, but I thought this was really excellent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's shocking coming off of last half of the season, um, I mean, you know how they swing the pendulum back the other way for me. That's always been frustrating for me when people critique our critiques of The Walking Dead. Is like as a hate. It's like no. I mean, it's not like The Walking Dead stopped doing stupid shit. There's still stupid shit in this episode, right? But things are happening that I'm personally invested on, and I give a damn about because it's mm-hmm. happening to characters that I care about, and the there there's actually moving things, and the world's getting larger. And there's conflict that's more than just about people talking about their feelings in a post-apocalyptic wasteland. In ham-fisted, this is what I like. Terrible dialogue. This is what I'm talking about. I don't have to. It doesn't have to be Shakespeare. But this is right. this has been so much better from just a plotting and pacing standpoint. And I also got to give credit where credit due is due because I shit all over Nicotero for the premiere of this half season, and right. he directed this episode, knocked it out of the park. Oh, okay, good. So good for you, Greg. Yeah, they, they gave him another shot at it. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he's, I think... He he does a lot. Yeah, he's done like nine at this point, maybe mm-hmm. ten. I think he's by far the most frequently directed director. I, I think that was a thread huh. I saw on Reddit. Okay, maybe so. So, yeah, he's 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 done a fine job. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, there is some stupid shit in this episode. There's some really bad dialogue, some ham-fisted I, bullshit the but. worst part of this episode i think is the tolbin carol are yep. no ain't nobody shipping that with without a doubt that's the worst part of this episode but we'll get there uh, i mean it's although you know, overall you know I if really rick like had it. to go through jesse to get to michonne maybe <laughs> carol has to go through tolbin to get to Daryl, whoever the hell she's going gunning for but like that's not an even match man right nowhere nowhere even close and it's totally out of the blue and I don't know. We'll talk in more detail about it when we get to it. I imagine we will. Are you excited about the new Walking Dead Michonne Telltale Choose Your Own Adventure video game 
Jim? Me? Yeah, I am. I, I I've actually a, played a little bit of it. I think there's a lot of the audience that might be excited about it. We're actually doing a playthrough for club members only. You can subscribe uh, at uh, for as little as a buck a month to club.baldmove.com to get all access to all these fabulous features, including our playthrough. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything, but... I literally cried laughing at, a, at during one point in her play. It's a, it's a first in bald move history. I literally uh, like I, I I got the high pitched you lost a rod giggle, uh, tears streaming down my face. It, uh-huh. it was a it was a full on fit of, of laughter because uh, we don't play these things straight up. We we like to do uh, like we, we played the first season of the, the watching or the Walking Dead thing as a bad guy Lee, yep. where we tried to make the main character Lee just a total asshole. Then hilariously, we did it in the uh, second season with the bad bad guy Clem, yep. the little girl Clementine. <laughs> uh, I guess Michonne's a little bit easier to go bad guy Michonne because it Michonne is. is kind of a of, of a bad bad girl herself. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know a lot of our standard techniques of stony silences and just asshole response it, it fits fits within her character, mm-hmm. uh, but still still pretty funny. Uh, that's exclusive club feature. We also got ad free feeds. We got bonus shows, including Lunch with Jim and Aaron and On the Rocks, which are now in podcast form, not just live video, where right. people can interact with us live. Uh, a lot that of Michonne other... thing is dropping tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., so yeah, uh, get but, it while it's hot. But a lot of live features and, and bonus content, if you, if you can't get enough of what we do and you want to support us uh, with all the content we produce for free, great way to do it is at club.baldmove.com and we appreciate all the club members that have supported us and uh, hope you decide to do so in the near future do we have anything else or should we get into the, the recap yeah let's get into recap where we have uh, carol kind of taking inventory and gathering acorns and making you know i didn't think you'd get lower than oatmeal raisin but then i was introduced to acorn beet huh, cookies that sounds awful if, if subway made acorn beet cookies they would make five times of those to every chocolate chip cookie and it would always be in stock you know right, uh, right. but ooh, i i i mean i guess if you haven't had cookies for a while and it's a zombie apocalypse an acorn beet cookie might taste really really good yeah but he's forgotten what real cookies tasted like <laughs> sure uh, this whole opening sequence reminds me of the Cooking with Carol skit. skit that we I, yeah. It, I, like, the music. Mm-hmm. If she had turned to the camera and just started talking about her recipe, mm-hmm. I would have lost my shit. Yeah, here's a trick for classic sh- sugar cookies. Substitute trick for beef. Totally, totally. <laughs> uh, I even like the pop culture music that they shoved over the top of it, uh, uh-huh. that's, which was Weeds or Wildflowers by Poor, Poor Old Shine. Hmm. Uh, they kind of bookended the episode with uh, off-the-shelf music. Yeah. And more successful than the show usually is. And maybe it's because so. the the stuff propping up the show uh, or, or the things that the music is propping up are on the face of it better. Yeah. But I found some of the choices cloying or annoying, and these I thought were pretty righteous. So uh, do we want to talk about anything else before we move on to Rick? Yeah. Yeah, I... I... I just, it really struck me in this episode, and they make a point of it, like, now that they're in a place where they can, mm-hmm. how many showers must you take in a day? Like, when you've got to go out and do this thing, and you just get soaked in blood yeah. every other minute, and you got to kill walkers, and you're rummaging around in the dirt, like, if you want to stay clean, Gregory, you know, makes a point about how hard it is to keep his house clean. Sure. How hard is it to keep yourself clean? Probably pretty hard, but I also imagine that, I don't know, I, man, if you have more than a shower a day, your skin's going to get dried out. 
Right. Maybe you're not like soaping it up. Like you save the soap for when you mm. get blood and guts on you. Yeah. Just garden variety dirt. You just you just sluice it with water. Sure. And then the other thing I noticed is there are a lot of people that we haven't seen roaming around this place. There are kids, more kids. Sure. Well, roughly 54 people or 52 people. Yeah. So I was glad that after saying that, they kind of showed us some of these people lurking in the background, both here in this opening scene and also in the town hall meeting. Uh, Rick uh, uh, drives through, says that uh, they got a month's worth of food, which quantifies kind of the hall. That's a lot of food uh, for 54 people. Yeah. And how they're having a church a meeting for an hour that they're going to have to fight. We find that Carol saved a final cookie for someone special. She places it at the grave of Sam as Morgan comes up to chat her up. Which satisfied some curiosity I've had that, no, we haven't missed a big talk. They haven't. They've deliberately not spoken about it. And yeah. outline plausible reasons or, I mean, they don't come out and say it in the episode, but you've got some ideas of why this silence has kind of held right. for so long. And they don't make me want to kill myself. So yeah, that's all good. No, it seems to me like, I, I don't know. They, they're both, you know, headed toward some kind of middle ground here. Potentially, uh-huh. they're both having real issues dealing with that fact uh, and the things that they've done. But I, I I liked it, and I thought it was kind of also great how Carol, how subtle it was that Carol's dealing with the Sam thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a fucking conversation with somebody like, oh, I can't believe I, what I said to Sam before he died. Like, that could have gone horribly wrong. They, I think it was subtle enough. They do go to that well a bit with Carol and Tobin about the mother thing, which right. made me really grit my teeth because there was a lot of subtle things about Carol and being a mom and her and Maggie yeah. that didn't need the fucking Tobin shit to, to underline it in red. Yeah. Uh, and also, I don't like Tobin. He needs to die from a zombie bite pretty quick. He might. To save Carol from his, his boring-ass tapioca oh, self. Yeah. Uh... So we get to uh, I, what did you think of Morgan? Every time Morgan opens his mouth, he says something stupid. This week's exhibit is you. I tell you why you haven't told anybody what I did. You didn't want to tell anyone because it's kind of like you did it too. What the fuck does he mean? And, and I like Carol's just no, no, it's not. Like, not only is that a stupid reason, <laughs> but I don't want you to think that that's the stupid reason because people can believe all kinds of stupid things and be guilty for all kinds of things. Right. Not, but her just outright, no, it's not. Like, don't be stupid. I like that. And I <laughs> I don't even know what Morgan was trying to say here. That she's complicit in his wolf crime because she chose not to tell everybody how astronomically stupid he was after it's already been yeah, said and I, done. I don't know what Morgan's point is, but I'm not actually – 100% sure, and maybe I'm just dense, maybe I'm just not figuring this out, but why Carol is having this change of heart. I'm not totally sure on that stuff. I don't think we're supposed to be, but I do think that there are some interesting lines of evidence in this episode okay. that we'll talk to. Mostly with the conversation she has with Rosita a bit longer, hmm. or a bit l- later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the church, Rick outlines Maggie's protection plan, and of course the only dissenter for rolling in and killing everyone is Morgan as you'd expect. Um, and, you know, I'm glad that no one in the group listens to him because his plan of we should just talk to these people, that that's that's the MacGruber style. Like, right. give away your only shot. Your own, is, is you don't the have strength in numbers. No. You don't have well, you don't knowledge you about do. their community. Sure. You don't have anything that might help you along the way except for surprise. You have the element of surprise. And Morgan wants to give it up. Yeah. 
That's fucking stupid. Thank you, Aaron, for standing up and saying, fuck you, Morgan. Sure. We're doing this thing. Uh, I do like the subtle character thing they did with Tara. And she, if you missed it here, hmm. she outright said it when she's confessing to the priest and Jesus. Uh, <laughs> but when Rick says, we just go in there and we kill them all, it cuts to a... It must be said, a visibly pregnant Tara right. being right. very uncomfortable because uh-huh. this has got to sound very governory. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the other thing I like about this scene is Rick understands Morgan's position and isn't forcing him to do the things that he doesn't want to do. He's utilizing him in other ways, which I feel is good leadership. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we don't all have to kill, but the people who are going to stay here, they have to accept it. Yeah. And they have to also help out in their own way. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, then we see Carol writing in a notebook where she's got a couple of tallies listed. Uh, RKDL, Terminus right. Courtyard, Candlewoman, and W's. Now, I've got I've got answers for all these. I do too. Except for the R. Who the fuck is the R? I forget. That's Lizzie and Mika's dad, Ryan or Ron, that she mercy cause she mercy okay. killed because Mika, uh, Lizzie couldn't. All right. I'm not remembering that plot, but okay. sure. <laughs> That was kind of I, the very I, big I, genesis of the prison plot. Well, right. not the genesis, but the... It had to be at the beginning the because po- we don't the get... The post-Woodbury Mika. burning down part of the prison plot. Okay. And then K and D, there, there's obviously Karen, Karen and David, David, the yep. two sick people in the prison that mm-hmm. she killed that got her banished. Mm-hmm. L, obviously Lizzie. Yep. Uh, Terminus Courtyard, random three people. And that's like, just, yeah, question... I, I blew up a fuel tank. I, I killed a lot of people. Let's <laughs> right. call it three. <laughs> do, do you even feel bad if you don't know no. their names well enough to write them down individually? <sighs> I don't know. She killed She killed Candlewoman, who I think is Tasha Yar, right? At I Terminus? Th- but, okay, why would you make a distinction between the Terminus Courtyard and Candlewoman? Because she knew her name? Well, she knew... She, she had did. a nickname for her. <laughs> But, like, I don't, like, but I'm saying, like, Terminus Courtyard. And it was more personal, right? It was, like, one-on-one, she killed her. But why is there a four after Candlewoman? Uh, that's a really good question. Because she writes that 18, which is a total of all of these numbers, plus the, if you count the R, K, D, L as one. Yeah. And the W's are obviously the wolves. The uh, W's are obviously wolves. I don't know why, I don't I don't know how she's keeping track of these bodies in her head with the Terminus Courtyard Candlewoman, but I do feel like that, yeah, that had to be Denise Richards. I, it's got to be, because uh, we kind of were talking about all the candles in that room. Sure. Sure. But I don't know why four. Strange. Anyway, so yeah, she's feeling pretty bad about all the actual human beings she's killed. Well, because that's a shitload of people. Yeah. Like, think about if you knew someone that killed, like, even a soldier. Even for a soldier, that's a lot of people right. that, that you know for a fact have killed. Mm-hmm. And in our world, if you casually confess that, like, yeah, I, it was all justified, but I had to kill 18 people, you would probably think about that person differently. I'm not saying you yeah. have a negative opinion of them, but your the way you think of them would be that number 18. And mm-hmm. Carol is this housewife... Who has killed eighteen people now? And, and it is, would take a toll on you as a human being. Yeah, as well. and I—I I mean, I don't want The Walking Dead, my heroes in The Walking Dead, to become soulless killing machines, just quote unquote badasses. I like the fact that they do what they need to do despite the t- the, the cult, the, the 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 human cost on them. Right. But I like the fact that every once in a while they acknowledge that, even for people like Carol who. Went so far into the maniacal badass that she's starting to threaten children 
with zombie death that yeah. she's still now that things are kind of calmed down of is it, it's it's bothering her right and uh like okay so the, the apocalypse hits like you don't throw all that out the window but certainly like when you're doing your calculations there's there's an apocalypse constant that you have to throw in the formula right <laughs> when you're calculating how horrible it is sure to kill all these people uh, so 18 is still, I feel, a high number for actual, real, living human beings. Well, you got Glenn, who has killed zero. Right. Sure. He's sure the other is. end, the other extreme. Although I would say Carol has not killed the most by far. Oh, I no. Think Daryl Rick or, or Rick. Daryl. Yeah. Well, may- maybe Michonne? Abraham probably and killed a lot. Michonne. Michonne kills a lot of walkers. Yeah. Abraham probably kills, yeah, a lot of human beings. Uh, But I think that, I don't know, it's really interesting. And, and also the fact that, she started this housewife mom persona to get an edge on the on the Alexandrian people, but now she's mm-hmm. doing it earnestly. You can see her smiling in the kitchen while making these cookies. Yeah. It's I like it. Like that's and that's the one part about the Tobin conversation that I like. Mm-hmm. Um Well, let's let's just wait because we're almost there. Okay. Um Maggie announces to Glenn that she wants to come along with the group that assaults the place. If nothing else, she can be a perimeter guard. And um she says, hey, I'm the one that made this deal, and I have to come. I have to be there. You can criticize this decision, but I understand where she's coming from. Like, it's hard to know when you're a leader, when you need to lead from the front, and when you need to lead from the rear. Um, right. It seems like an obvious thing to say, well, you're pregnant. You know, what can you what can you really do out there? Are you going to be a bigger liability? Um, but... It's I, I it's it doesn't rise to the point where I'm rolling my eyes or criticizing. I mean, it seems like it's kind of a natural thing for a leader in development to kind of struggle with. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. Feels natural. And ultimately, it's her decision, and you know, Glenn might have a say in it, but nobody else really does. Um, Carol makes a late night visit to Tobin. I think she's just walking around smoking, mm-hmm. um, and he happens to be up too because he's worried about this whole invasion thing. Right, got another one of those. Not for you. <laughs> and she starts off so cold and mean to him. I think she's I, just that's kind of their relationship. Right, I think she's just blowing him shit for the sake of it. But <laughs> this conversation takes a turn. Surprisingly, I don't understand where this. Con- I don't. I don't know why they felt like they needed to just do this. Right. Like, this could have been the start of, oh, Tobin's interested in Carol. How do I feel about that? We'll see how it develops over the weeks. But just to go from zero to, you know, I mean... It doesn't make any sense. Because we've never seen them, like, playing around or being happy together. Like, we haven't seen anything that would cause me to think there's any kind of relationship there. Why just jump into it with both feet? I wonder, though, if... Because I thought about this a lot, because I hated the idea, and I thought about why I hated it. But if I look at it from Carol's point of view, as this woman who seems like she's naturally happier. I mean, she obviously can kill a bunch of people, mm-hmm. but she's act- she seems like she might be happier in this role of caretaker. Tobin is a very gentle man. Right. He's adverse to killing, he's adverse to violence, but he's industrious. I can see how, with her experience of Ed that that might be attractive to her. Like, here's a strong, stable man who's yeah. very gentle and kind and and mild, and I find that, like, I don't have to be afraid of him. I'm not saying He might be they afraid wouldn't... of me. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not... He is, I think. I, I'm not saying that they wouldn't be good together. I'm saying they haven't been good no. together yet, and to throw them into this relationship 
immediately is insane. I think so too. But on the other hand, if I mean, what is normal human behavior? I mean, it, like, what if Carol? What if Carol's just doing this because she's been lonely for a long time? And I think you know, from her flirting with da- my my take on her flirting with Daryl is that she has physical needs as a woman, and she's been right. trying to s- get these satisfied for low these five six seasons, yeah. and nobody's stepped up. And if Tobin is ready to you know lay the cold rolled steel, God, Jesus. He, he's ready to to erect that how. cold rolled steel, then. Maybe this is going to be an Abraham Rosita situation where Carol tosses him to the side, but later on, yeah, maybe. So it's like maybe it doesn't have to be this big emotional thing, and she's taking advantage of him, and that can But the happen. scene felt emotional, right? It didn't feel like no, no, you're right. I just need a booty call. It was which is again, I f- felt like okay, right before the kiss and they exchange feelings, just pause it right there. Yep. Do a couple more of these scenes in the next couple weeks, and then see how we feel about it. Which. But... D- with the Walking Dead's history of giving characters a lot of characterization and then killing them, uh, yeah. and Carol being kidnapped at the end of this episode, I'm a little worried for Tobin and or Carol, frankly, because it feels like that's what they did with Tobin and Carol's relationship. Yeah. So maybe they're just trying to get a little bit in before they kill one of them. Well, the other problem that I have is that uh, I thought the scene is horseshit before it even got to the relationship. Like, Tobin grasping on how... Her being a strong mom lets her kill people. Right. Like, well, then how does Rick kill people? I mean, everyone's got different reasons for killing people. There's not one. I mean, she cares a lot about the things that she wants to keep alive. Mm-hmm. Being a mom, being a cop, being that's all secondary to the point of their intrinsic goodness and willing to do things that need to be done, even though they find it personally. Right. And that's the other thing about like, this wh- scene. It also has, like, the stereotypically walking dead clunky dialogue and just Super over clunky. overwrought uh emotional exposition if they're going to try and build a solid relationship between carol who is one of my favorite characters sure. and this nobody doughboy douchebag yeah they got to do it on more solid scenes than this clunky hackneyed bullshit yeah i mean this guy's got a simple jack haircut and carhartt jeans and that's the only thing i know about him right and he builds a wall he builds that's a wall it. Uh, and kind of was just an underling in the wall building, right? Yeah. He like, wasn't, he wasn't even managing the, the... He wasn't even the Reg's right-hand man. That no. guy got bit by a zombie a couple episodes back. Yeah. I do think that there was something interesting. They tried to do this scene where they were trying to, uh, you know, they had a subtext of Carol being happy. You know, like she's been a fake mom, the spy mom, and now she's kind of a real group mom, a real din mother. And yeah. they're trying to acknowledge that verbally as they're showing it because you kind of have to do that with audiences. I just think the way they chose to do it doesn't doesn't work because I like that. The fact mm-hmm. that we see, you know, Carol's we, we, we had this whole theme about the Pope smoke and the fire and the, the, the transitions and the metamorphosis of her character. And we're seeing another one yet again. So. Right. I, I see they want to draw attention to a dialogue where her and Tobin just... Are her cookies going to get more delicious as they as she changes? <laughs> oh, now they... she's got, like, eggs and butter and flour. She's going to be in if cookie heaven. If she can put a smile on your face with fucking acorns she picked up off the ground and... Uh, and, and beet juice. Mm-hmm. Then she's if she you know she's really going to. I mean, she bought Sam Silence with her chocolate chip cookies, and those were even half-assed cookies. Yeah, those are she didn't have all the ingredients. She's shaving chocolate from a chocolate bar. It's like yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, now totally. she's got actual butter. My God. Yeah, and milk cookies. And, and, and eggs. Just watch out. Yeah. 
Uh, next scene is one of the more brutal things I've seen on The Walking Dead, and it's Abraham <sighs> just leaving Rosita destroyed. Oh, man. Uh, and I get it that he's closed off emotionally, and he doesn't want to do this. But, but to go from how warm and loving he was with her, and you're the perfect woman, to... Uh, why are dingleberries brown? That's the way shit is. And when I first met you, I thought you were the last woman on earth. Oh, you are not. My God. That's Hiroshima That's levels of devastation. That's like, I don't want to be with you unless there is literally no other option. There is a shadow of Rosita burnt into the wall from the blast that that, that statement made. Oh, it's man. terrible. Oh, my God. Yeah, he hit her with the RPG. The RPG of breakups. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh, and even worse, Eugene's dumbass comes and asks if she's tried to beat cookies because they're chewy. They got some. With, they got some fight in shirt? them. Did you see his fucking Virginia's shirt? Virginia's for lovers. Yeah. Ah. Eugene, bad timing. They've got some fight in in them. Is going to be my go-to like insult of sub substandard uh-huh. cooking. Like you tried. Right. They got. It's got some. That's this steak's got some fight. When the waitress comes by, how you enjoy it? It's got some fight in it. <laughs> like like Jesse's biscuits and gravy. Yeah, not uh, not Jesse on the show. Are you talking about Seattle? Personal Jesse? arrogance, Seattle Jesse. Oh yes, yeah. yes indeed. Uh, fighting them. But I mean, I what more is there to say than this? It's devastating, and I like this is how Abraham breaks up with people. I believe it, but like, man, I what, feel bad. What does Sasha do if she fires? Because that's the thing. Like, I don't know that he really loves Sasha. I think that he is kind of a closed off, broken dude. Yeah, and he found a woman who's also kind of closed off and broken. He's thinking, oh, this will be easier. Uh, I don't know that he. I, I don't know what he what his idea of love even is. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody kind of wants somebody that understands him, right? And I feel like Rosita doesn't have much cause to understand Abraham, whereas Sasha might have a little bit more. Although they've been traveling together for thousands of miles and hundreds of days. I mean, I'm just saying that how the the fuck does Abraham know Sasha better than Rosita enough to... That was my whole... It's like, you know, grass is greener on the other side of the fence is a lot more complicated when there's... Not that much fence and not that much grass left. And okay, I'm and not I, quite following. And, and and again, like I don't know what this. What I'm saying is like I feel like that's where people go wrong when they have affairs. Uh-huh. Like oh, the grass is greener, so let's hop to rather than trying to weed and fertilize my side and wonder why the magic is right. gone anymore. Right. I'll just hop the fucking fence and Absolutely. and shit in this pasture now. But and Abraham, I think, is exhibit A of that thinking. I don't maybe so but th- also think about the idea that uh, of what he says you know when they got together she was it wasn't a conscious decision of his it was literally like no no well, this kind of just fell sure. into place and that is what it was and now I've actually thought about this and I have a choice that I'm making and it sucks but let, I'm doing it yes so so this feels a little bit more real than you know the the always kind of just boning thing we thought that Rosita and Abraham were doing we never felt it as an audience either, so... I agree, I, and I, I guess... And I I'm with you. Sasha doesn't seem like the perfect woman for anybody, really, at this point, because she's a little crazy, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, I guess my only rebuttal to that was that I don't know that Abraham has made a really thoughtful decision about Sasha, either. Okay. He I think went on fair. a mission and dressed up in dress blues and decided, you're my next mission, and that's the way it's going to be. Now... Yeah, I think that last week's having you know Abraham and Rosita be so sweet to each other was a deliberate choice to make this completely devastating, and I'm fascinated <laughs> in this 
You know, because this is the kind of shit that's going to... If you're going to reboot human civilization, one thing you're going to do is break up with people and leave right. people. And there's, it's not going to be because people are dead. It's just like, I don't like your face anymore. I don't like the way you... cookies. I, I Yeah. We're out of butter and eggs. Now it's all beets and acorns. And what will this do to a group of 52 or 54 close-knit survivors? Right. There's uh, going to be tension. Yeah. For sure. If there's tension in the real world, there will be tension in this scenario times 10. Yes. So even though I think Abraham is a complete asshole, it's super fascinating. It is, yeah. Uh, so the baby, t- uh, the baby face tough guy whose name I don't recall, uh, from Hilltop is drawing Rick a map of Negan's facility. He says he's been inside. He's got a few ideas where their pantry and their armory is. Uh, Rick comes up with a plan to get inside. They're going to find the fake Gregory head and give it to him. Do they, do they make that explicit in no, the scene? Okay. They don't, but okay. that's, and I remember I scratching ahead, but I, you know, this is. This I like the way they unveiled that plan. Yes, this is pretty good sto- storytelling. Because they they later pull up and honk their horns, and I'm like, and are they trying the to get the attention of the saviors? Yeah, what? this seems crazy. The saviors, rather, what? I don't know, man. Yeah, I was puzzled at that point, but on second watch, it makes total sense, and it's really kind of cool. And it made it actually made sense on as we were watching it the first watch. So, well, I missed a bunch of lines. And, well, that's the way we do the yeah, live watch. Right. Um. Anyway, Tara and Denise say an awkward goodbye. Uh. Tara says, kind of blurts out, I love you, which we talked about as her M.O. Uh, on the live <laughs> right. cast, because she just like, uh, show up. Oh, I, you're li- I'm a li- I'm a, whoops, let's couple up then. Right. Um, however, they make it another added dimension when you find out that she was really just saying this to cover something. To cover a, a piece of, a little piece of awkwardness between them, which I thought was good. Right, and I... I don't know. In some ways, I wish that wasn't the case because I feel like in these scenes, they're so good together. Sure. It's just like, it feels so natural, but then when I know, like, Tara's lying about stuff, it's... Mm. But I feel like that that's all natural, too. Like, people do that thing, and Denise, like, she she right. clearly has feelings for it, too, but it's like, this is... She's also kind of more logical, I think, and it's like, well, it's, you know... Right, she's... I you feel make like it back and normal t- yeah. in this situation, whereas I, Tara's gung-ho... Uh, more hilarious hiding of uh, was Alana's. Did you see that? Uh, yeah, She's literally standing scene. in front of like a dish dryer, and like this giant plate is right <laughs> dead center over her belly. But you can tell, like you can see the weight on her. It's no, not oh like yeah, you, yeah, yeah. No, she's like, totally. Where all the food go? Oh, Tara must have been eating it because she's put on like twenty pounds in the face, and obviously it's because she's pregnant. Yeah. But, but the show, it's so weird to see that. I, I think it's almost they're having fun with it because that yeah. dish is placed like an yeah. Alfred Hitchcock-type outline of right. what she would look like if the thing was not there. And I thought there's a lot of, like, um, I'm not going to say unintentional comedy. I think it's intentional staging comedy. Uh-huh. Like, like an Austin Powers skit, right? Yeah, like you've got, like, like a, the, the start of a joke. Uh, you got a priest, Jesus, and a lesbian in the car. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and yeah. and the fact that like Tara is confessing to a priest and Jesus is literally in the back seat <laughs> listening, it's uh-huh. I mean that stuff is really fucking funny. Shouldn't she let Jesus drive? <laughs> well, he's more of a co-pilot. Okay, maybe more of a back. I would say Jesus let him take my the back wheel. Seat driver. <laughs> yeah, well, right. sure. When you're going YOLO into the the saviors, I, I would say let him take the wheel. Well, she's got that kid. She's got that song because she's pregnant. She just needs to slip on some black ice. And then throw her hands up and say, Jesus, take this. No, no, right. f- fucking counter steer. That's what Jesus <laughs> is going to be screaming. <laughs> steer it to the skid, goddamn. 
Anyway. It's the only way you get traction. Uh, so that's that's that. Uh, Rick and crew, as we mentioned, pull up in their cars and they honk their horns, which I buy their plan, but it seems awful fucking risky. Like, how do they know there's not a pack of saviors about? I, I guess this is the battle group, so if that happens, they're ready for it, but, you know. Right. I mean, these are all of the badasses. Sure. I mean, Save Morgan, Carl. Morgan is a badass. Save yeah, Carl Carl's Morgan. Not, not there, but. but Carl seems like that's his, he's embraced his role of, like, I'm the guardian of the, the, the soft people back home. Yeah, yeah. And it kind of started as guardian of little baby, little baby ass kicker. Sure. And has morphed into a natural thing with him in the town, which I like. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is the most, the biggest display of force we've ever seen from these guys. Yeah. And it is impressive. So I guess if if they they're ready for trouble if trouble came, but it also kind of be like fuck their plan. But they, they yeah this I you know I get I, I guess it's a calculated risk. Uh, yeah, Gabriel indicates that he is ready, and are you ready to embrace him as a badass on the show? Because I'm not sure I'm ready to forget some of the shit he's pulled. Right, I'm not quite there. You know, the speech he gives later on goes a significant way. Towards showing at least his mentality, if not his skills. Yeah. Uh, they need to do a little bit more work with him. Yeah. But they could definitely bring him around. He's on the right track. Yeah. He's on the right track. Uh, and then there's a Rosita and Carol conversation about Morgan. How much of this is Rosita being pissed with Abraham and blowing off steam? And how much of it is her being legit infuriated with Morgan towing his pacifist line? Even, I mean, there's, there's a lot of complex interpersonal relationships going on here yeah like carol has and has told everyone that we're going to keep morgan's little dalliance with the wolf a secret Mm -hmm. partly to spare him the group's iron also to cover whatever denise's i have no fucking clue what they're talking about denise was going to get the their doctor was going to get the wolf medical attention and using that to basically barter her lot like what did she do wrong she did nothing wrong i mean she and this was like Right before the wolf then saved her life. Like, yes. Come on. Come on. She did nothing wrong in this scenario. Now, I wonder if. I mean, that's all from our perspective that we got on Denise and the wolf, and no one else saw that. So maybe, you know. Maybe. They're thinking that she's. I don't, I don't know exactly, but I was like, why? Blaming Denise for anything seems pretty shitty to me. Yeah. But, you know, whatever. Um,. But I, I don't know. That, that Carol, why is Carol trying to? I mean, it's almost like Carol's turned around and said, "Like we need a person like Morgan to advocate the pacifist solution." Or what are we doing this for? Yeah, I, there's something that's changed about their from I should have is. killed you to you are a you I you know I you're just like don't the loyal you're like the loyal opposition. Yeah. I, I just don't quite get what's going on with Carol exactly. It's kind of like... I know it's mixed up with Sam. I know it's mixed up with all right. the killing she's done and feeling remorse about that, but I don't... I guess I don't understand the root cause of it. If huh. if maybe it's just cumulative, you know? I don't know. I mean, my that's kind of like my social theory is you need all types of people to make the human uh, experiment work. Mm-hmm. Like you, you can't just have belligerents. You can't just have uh, you know peaceful people. You need a mix of those in civilization because your society is going to go through times of good, times of 
uh, in times of plenty, times of deprivation, they're going to go through times of war, times of peace, and those kind of wax and wane, but you can't just eliminate one side or you're going to be a less resilient species. Maybe this is a commentary on that, that, that Carol has seen the wisdom of. Like, hey, I got in a pretty fucked up place by just going after vengeance and protection and safety. We need someone like Morgan to talk us down off that ledge if we ever get there again. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It's it's slightly confusing to me. Also, so I, I do feel like that we're going to have another big scene with her and Morgan and maybe Denise as well. Which is right. I was hoping for, so I, I guess I'm pretty excited with with the possibility of that hanging in our future. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if it could tie into Tara. So I I feel like their conversation they had earlier, where Tara said "I love you" and uh, Denise refused to until she got back, was fairly ominous. We should talk I, about this. I don't like the fact that she's delaying this very important thing. When Tara's going on a two-week, a very long trip. She's going to go right from, like, that seems crazy. Like, I get efficiency right. and all, but you're going to go right from the raid that may or may not work to varying capabilities to the two-week raid? That seems hard on the body and the mind. Yeah. A. Yeah. Uh, but it also seems hard on the plot, where I don't know if I expect Tara to come back from this thing. Especially now that Denise is is guaranteeing a profession of her love as soon as she does. No, I feel like this conversation is the equivalent of a police officer in a Lethal Weapon movie saying, <laughs> "It's the last day. Oh, it's the, the last day. I got my <laughs> retirement watch. They served me the cake. Yeah, just got to just got to get through the rest of the day. Go home to my wife and six kids. It's going to be great. I, you right. know, you're dead, man. There's going to be some you're falling dead. down type shit happening. You, there's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah." Uh, Mel, Mel Gibson is going to be cradling your bloody corpse and crying to the heavens before yeah. the, the next thirty minutes is over. Right, it's pretty bad. Big target, mm-hmm. big target on her on her pregnant belly. Uh, what else are we talking about here? Um, Heath and Glenn have kind of a nice conversation, which I kind of wanted to call bullshit, but then I did some thinking, and no one has said that this is wrong. But Glenn has never killed a real live human before. We have some feedback on that. Okay. Does anyone dispute it? We have some feedback on that. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't, uh, I don't. Spoiler alert for later in our podcast. Sure. I don't want to do that. But Heath says, uh, he, he calls never after killing someone being lucky. And Glenn says, I've been lucky that way too. Right. And then they talk about how bad they think it's going to be. I think in this world, it's pretty lucky if you haven't had to kill at least one. Yeah. Human. No. Yeah. I, mean, I, I put lucky in scare quotes, but not really. Yeah. No, it's, they're right on. It's lucky that they haven't. So, but I thought the conversation itself was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Rick does a final briefing, says, hey, this is how we're going to eat. We got to do this, even if we find it distasteful. Uh, We roll out at midnight. They look at three suitable Gregory uh, heads. And I'm thinking, these are by far the less, the least rotted zombie corpses I've seen in a long time. Yeah, they should have got some more disgusting ones to mask... That it's not Gregory. Well, I guess I guess you could say that anyone that would be so decomposed that it wouldn't they believably believe look it. like Gregory, that they're only bringing back the three most likely freshest candidates. Right. He and, would be fresh if they killed him. And Jesus says, well, it's a good thing we're going at dark because none of this, this one guy's got a pretty fucked up nose compared to Gregory. And Rick just, pu- <laughs> oh <laughs> Rick my just God. picks it up and polishes it up a little bit. It's so good. To which point, point the uh, baby face says, uh, man, the saviors are scary, but those pricks got nothing on you, which Rick gave the second, what, what, I'm cu- <laughs> I did something fucked up, what, what? You just saw me drenched in a man's blood after 
stabbing yeah. him through the neck. I so earlier on when he goes, you know, they want Gregory's head, we're going to give it to him. Did you think that maybe the show was trying to hint at Rick's willing to do whatever at this point and that they might actually kill Gregory and deliver his head legitimately? Does the show want us to think that I, at that point? I don't think so. No. Okay. But I also I I think Rick will, I mean there there are certain right certain uh outcomes of a greg and or gregory and rick relationship that would end up in gregory losing his head and being presented to negan sure okay sure rick has that in him i i thought they were kind of playing that for for the other characters that they've just met like jesus and and this new whoever head delivery guy gotcha uh wondering like oh god how bad is this guy rick when he says we're going to give him his head yeah yeah uh, also, you know, you think of Tara's in the background, she's thinking, oh, Jesus, you know, this is more governor bullshit. Right. Uh, so it's midnight, and we find out that the baby face, his name is actually Eddie, oh, and he okay. announces to the... No one cares. Yeah, yeah, or we'll see if he survives a couple more episodes. But, uh, the, the, the Negan compound is kind of cool looking. Like, he said it had these satellite dishes, which I'm thinking, like, maybe cable companies. These are, like, uh, search for extraterrestrial life, kind of. This is, these are SETI kind of dishes. There's massive. Right. What do you think this place is? I don't, like, a radio telescope. It's the only thing it could be. So it's, like, some kind of scientific research station? I think so, yeah. Because I was thinking, like, uh, maybe it's a TV station, but they've got the wrong end of the... The setup. If Those that's dishes true. are way too fucking big for satellite uh, for just picking up satellite signals. And and I don't think they have dishes. They have transmitters. Like it's the opposite, right? Like no, they have dishes too because you have to, you know, they they that's how like uh, all the hmm. like networks beam their shit to their affiliates. Like it's all it's all well, it used to be satellite. I don't know if it is anymore. Right, right. But uh, okay. I'm sure it might be fiber optic internet now. But hmm. no, I, I I think those are definitely. Some kind of space based thing, but the inside of it looks also very like compoundy, right? It doesn't look like you'd be walking down it to go to a TV studio, or yeah, there, or there'd no. be offices. I definitely think it looks like more, that. That also screams kind of, kind of kind of research station to me. Like this is where yeah. a bunch of college kids bunk up and they spend six months doing nothing but listening for radio signals to something, right? Um, of course, you know, like I said, satellite or radio. Tele- te- telescopy tell us to radio uh-huh. astronomy is not necessarily just about alien i mean you do a lot sure. of valuable yeah measure distance to star all sorts yeah. of shit yeah visible light's not really where it's at when it comes to exploration of space anyway Sometimes. uh they uh they, they they deploy the head which was in a motorcycle bag a motorcycle helmet bag which i thought was funny uh Asshole, shit brain, shit, needle that dick. They're they're really ramping up the the swearing of the saviors. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, I was impressed to see four, arguably five, curse words. Sure, back to back to back here. Uh, uh, I also thought it was funny that the saviors also seem like they're just completely like. If you think that Rick is bad, these guys are doing the, you know, making the corpse speak. Oh, little bitch broke my nose. Right. And just being complete hostile for no point. Like, they're really painting a picture of these guys. Between the biker gang that got blew yeah. up at, in, the, in the season premiere and this, you're getting a very good feeling about these saviors. And a pretty unique feeling, too. Like, we haven't seen much of this in the show. Like, even the claimed people that Daryl runs into yeah. weren't really like this exactly, you know? Yeah. Well, there's... They, they were bad guys, for, 
mostly. Plus, they didn't really swear. Donkey lick is not any... I mean, it's a vulgarity at best. <laughs> right. It's an absurdity is what uh, it is. Can you believe the way that fucking uh, Babyface almost fucks up this whole plan? Well... He almost just ruins the whole thing. He's not used to lying. He's not. He's terrible at it. And that's the thing. There's like... Uh, I've been you know watching a lot of House of Cards, and Frank has an aside to the audience at one point where it's like, you know... When 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 a person lies to you and they're not used to lying, it smells like something of bullshit coming out their mouth. Like I feel like that that's you know lying's a skill like any others, right? That's why little kids no are good. so bad at it. They just haven't had the practice to be to, to, to really work their guile and deception, and and also yeah. like total shit bag, fucking waste of skin are really really good at lying and really good at because telling you straight face lies. I, I I will give some lying advice to our audience. Oh, if you're gonna lie, wait until the other party brings it up and then lie. Don't sure. don't volunteer don't information that you yeah. don't need to. Don't preemptively lie, <laughs> right. and then when you tell the preemptive lie, do not immediately break eye contact. Right, going to be super comfortable because we're not used to lying to each other. But you got to maintain that eye contact. Got to do it. <laughs> uh, so that's that's rule number five. When you're lying or lying to people. Maintain eye contact. Uh, the the chubby biker needle dick dude starts whistling happy birthday, and guess what? It's happy death day, bitch, because Daryl comes and slits his throat, and the assault begins. Yeah. Um, Great stuff. The recap's going to start breaking down here, because we just have montages of murdering people in their sleep. Can we just talk about this whole thing as, as, yeah, a, yeah, sure. as a whole? Maybe break it up for, like, Glenn and Heath. I want to talk about Glenn and Heath up front. Separately. Okay. If I'm going to criticize Rick's plan, the first criticism I lay is that you let the two guys who have never killed human beings team up together and then go into right. a room of sleeping people where they have to kill human beings. Bad idea. Yeah. I think that the... I, I don't know that Rick is conscious of the fact that neither of them not. have killed anybody. He might actually be like, motherfucker, you've never killed anybody? <laughs> right. All those bullets you shot during the <laughs> many times that we've been almost killed by people overrunning it? Uh-huh. Do you remember that part where they had a tank and they killed your father-in-law? You didn't kill anybody there? Didn't get your dick wet then? What the hell? <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. Sort of, sort of a what is this situation? Sure, it's like announcing into your high school locker room that you've you're still a virgin. <laughs> That's it's a just, terrible it's, idea. It's yeah, it's just yeah. You even even if <laughs> in, even if it's true and it's nothing to be ashamed of, that's not the environment you want to make that announcement in. What? I actually thought the job that they did is showing Glenn like being clearly affected by. I mean, that's cold blooded shit. Yeah, like maybe this guy is the worst of the worst, or maybe he's the Tara in the group. He just got a knife in his brains, and you're never going to know. Right? No, I mean, this is like the most intimate way to kill someone. Sure. Aside from saving Private Ryan, shushing them to their deaths. Yes. This is it. What did you think about Glenn sparing Heath that same... Uh, good for him. Like, he got a taste of it and then immediately went over and said, you don't need a taste either. The flavor's not very good. These are like Carol's acorn cookies. I think it was kind, but I'm so kind of surprised that he let him do it. I thought that, that, that I thought when hmm. we were, we were going to see some growth in heat, not, not, not killing someone's growth, but you know what I mean? Like, you're going to see, growth. yeah, you're going to see the kind of post-apocalyptic growth from a character and Glenn took it from him, which... I think that's what you expect Glenn to do, but Heath is like, no, I've got... Th- I kind of expect him to go, no, I got this. Hmm. Kind of to share that moment with Glenn, to say, look, you had to do it. Yeah. We like all have to do it. This is my... This is like, I'm going to eat this food. This is, this is my weight to carry as well. 
Like, I, I'm not judging him because I think that's a purely human reaction to have. Yeah. It just tells me something about his character. Right. I, I didn't mind the way they did it. I thought Glenn reacting that way was fine. Do you think... Because here's the other thing. With them being holed up in the armory later and just ventilating, like, half a dozen guys from behind the door... I think that closed doors gives a little bit of like how, you know, when they have um, the electric chair, they have like three switches and three guys throw it and only one guy's throw it. Right. So there's plausible deniability. Absolutely. I, I feel like that, yeah, that, that he still hasn't really killed someone because how does he know that all those bullets weren't Glenn? I mean, if he's not an idiot, he knows. But well, you're right. There is that plausible deniability. And they swing from one end of the spectrum, knifing a man in the eye while he sleeps. To the other end, which is closed door, just firing randomly, not seeing anything. And you're being actively fired at as well. Yeah. So I th- I feel like that, there, that was intentional because else why would you have him duck killing people only to have to kill five minutes later? Right. How much do you think they're going to wrestle with these, this idea in the future? I don't Have they know. already done their wrestling or are, they, are we in for like a lot of moralizing type stuff with these two? I don't know because that's I guess that's one thing that the show hasn't really done about like they they showed Rick being squeamish about even killing zombies in the beginning. Yeah. But when he first had to kill was it in Nebraska where he had to first kill someone in the bar. Yeah. I think probably They yeah. never really showed him wrestling with that decision and I I wouldn't I would allow a little bit of moralizing in this cuz I feel like it's something new for the show to do even this late. Um Especially with all the Alexandrians right. who aren't really fighters and the hilltop people, like there could be some, you know, analysis of that as like you know, like what what does PTSD do? And I I would allow a little bit of that. Okay, because it's not the same kind of this isn't the way the world works anymore bullshit. It's like yeah, I understand that I'm not fighting against it, but I'm still kind of fucked up. Same thing that Carol's going through, right? Okay. Uh, let's see. There's so what, much more to talk about in these this sequence here. Yeah, there's tons of Polaroids of people with destroyed heads hanging up in one of those guys' bunks. Right, which gives you the full impression that this is a bad guy. Yes. And that killing him was not a terrible thing to do. <laughs> yeah, like, these are almost, like, like things that get people pin up near their bedrooms in these kind of, like, I just, like, that's the stuff that you want to see before you go to bed. Like, it's like, uh, it's like the Rita Hayworth position. Okay. It feels like trophies, yeah. Trophies or stroke. It, it's it's uncomfortable psychological psychologically to have that shit just framing wherever you go to sleep. Right, I'm with you there. I'm not saying he jerks it to the idea of people getting their brains beat in, but you're not not saying it. But there is a little implicate. Yeah, I'm not ruling it out with these guys either. Okay, uh, yeah, that was creepy to see, but yeah. but it also helped to. I feel like add a little justice and soften the blow a bit with Glenn having to kill this guy. Sure. Sure. Uh, Tara, then uh, there's, do you, do you want to talk more about no. Glenn and he, okay. So let's move to Tara. I, I want to talk about this whole, the, like generally okay. the music in this sequence is really good too. And, it, and it's something that Just we've seen pound, pulse pounding synth. We've seen bear do before. Sure. Uh, we've, we've heard him do bear before. McCreary, the, the music director for the show. Right. Uh, his, when he goes into this score, it, it reminds me of like just, cheesy 80s action uh zombie things and thrillers and like all sorts of stuff and i really love it i think this is the motif that this show needs to hang on to mm-hmm. uh, and it seems like it's going to it, it he does this quite a bit uh tara confesses to gabriel about lying to her girlfriend and using the i love you as a comfort for the lie and the, what she lied about is her discomfort with 
participating in something like what she did with the governor, where they mounted up in the tanks and destroyed the the threat. And it's pretty effective because everything that Rick said, the governor said, too. Like, we have to strike first. These people are killers. You don't know them like I know them. And mm-hmm. she's having to go along with it. And she does because clearly she sees the difference between the two. But she'd probably be a fool to just not be uncomfortable about that at all. Yeah, definitely. Makes sense. Uh, and again, I've already talked about it, but I think there's a lot of intentional comedy in the way they frame her, frame her confessing to a priest with a guy named Jesus who looks like <laughs> Jesus in the back seat. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Uh, Abe and Sasha come to a locked door, which I think is uh, a gold mine. And they're not wrong because it looks like a fairly sophisticated marijuana grow operation. Absolutely a grow up. I don't know why in the apocalypse you grow indoors. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? You're wasting electricity. Like... That shit is a weed. No one's going to bust you, man. Put yeah. it out fucking side and be done with it. Yeah. maybe Don't water it. Don't worry about it. Just uh, harvest. However, do you really want a pack of zombies to have the munchies? <laughs> they wander in your patch. They come out and like you look like the biggest bag of Doritos in the world to them. Uh-huh. I feel like maybe, maybe it's not a bad idea to keep under lock and key. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, if you wanted to, like you could have fucking fields of that shit. Yeah, and it's not bad for trading, I would imagine. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. I was reading on Reddit, people made the point that they're they're not making painkillers anymore. This might be a substitute for that sure. a little bit. Sure. Are you suggesting uh, there's medical uses for marijuana, Jim? Of course. A Schedule 1 drug? Of course. Ah, controversial. Schedule 1 in some places. <laughs> not scheduled in others. Um, <laughs> oh, it's it's scheduled. 420 every... No. <laughs> <laughs> Circled on the calendar. A very strict regimen. <laughs> um, where do we go? Where are we going? Uh, yeah. So this the dude comes out of his room. Probably just, it seemed like it was something innocuous. Like, hey, I got a piss. Oh shit! I get a knife to the gut, and he's going down, but not before he pulls the fire alarm and all hell breaks loose. He got a, a stab in on Abraham too. Sliced his arm up. Yeah, give him a little light slicing. He, it's happened before, though. Sure, Abraham has been sliced by bloody zombie gut knives. Ain't before. Buy, everyone's been who hasn't been sliced by a zombie stained gut knife, right? Everybody, like many people. Shane was the first one. Nothing came of it. Nothing's going to come of this. Yep. Um, Maggie and Carol have a fight outside because Maggie now is like, okay, we're the perimeter guards. Arguably, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's smart to have a rear guard guarding your only exit. Yep. Like, if people come up and fuck with your vehicles, then you're screwed. So, I understand wanting to go and rush the alarm, but they probably should stand their ground where they're at, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, you hear the alarm. That's not cause to panic and run toward the alarm. No. That's caused to ready ready the escape. Yes, yes. Because I assume the alarm goes off, we'll be running the fuck out of there back to the escape plan. So Carol's right for two things, and she also has a, an alternative, ulterior motive because she's like, you know, Maggie, you need to start thinking like a mom now. Mm-hmm. You have to, you're supposed to be someone else. And she's saying, like, I wish I could be, I wish I still had Sophia, yes. I wish I still had my family, I wish I could be the person... And and let me. I, I mean, it, I mean, there's a lot of complex. I don't know that I've got the words for him. Uh, I think you're. I, don't know I the think it warrants it. But you're dead on though. It's about Sophia. It's about what yes. she couldn't be to Sophia, and what Maggie should be 
to whatever. Like I've had to be this and I can be this because I've got no one depending on me. That's not true of you anymore. Yeah. And this isn't a statement about you not being worthy of it and you're not being capable of it. It's like you have a different role now and you're going to have that role for, I don't know. Obviously, kids grow up faster in zombie apocalypse, but this kid's going to depend on you until they're six, seven, eight, nine, ten, Carl's age. Right. Until they're, until they're old enough to get an eye blown out of their head, they're going to depend on you. That's true. <laughs> uh, but I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, and ultimately, it doesn't matter because they're both taken hostage at the end. Sure. Uh, Tara has got some heads up uh, uh, kills because there's people fleeing the bunker and she's right there to take them down mm-hmm. uh, she also has heads up thought in that hey we need to get these hilltop folks back so that no, whatever happens here if these people don't make it back the deal's not on we need to eat yeah. so she packs them into the uh, uh, whatever you know uh, baby face and the guy they rescued into the car sends them off the hilltop Jesus stays behind Here's here's the other thing I think that they're thinking about is if we can get them back, yeah, there won't be any evidence as to who actually attacked this group. Sure. So they won't immediately come back to the hilltop and say, you guys fucking yes. betrayed us and now we're going to come kill you. Which makes Jesus staying behind dangerous. And that's, yeah, that's why that's... he's covering his face and saying they won't see me and that's uh, tough. I, I don't know, Jesus. Pretty, well, pretty risky, pretty risky play. Yeah. Uh, and now I think they have seen Jesus. I mean, at the end, maybe he's still got his face covered, but... You you think that Jesus is one of the most recognizable people from the hilltop, and he yeah. seems to be a community leader. If they're, if they're able to see Rick well enough to identify the make and model of his gun, yep. they probably have Jesus made, too. I think so. The make and model of the, the Lord of Hosts. <laughs> uh, anyway... One more thing yeah. about Glenn and Heath that I wanted to talk about. Okay. That is stupid, and it's only done because it's TV and it's not real life. When they go and they shoot up all these people through this door, they just stand there. They just stand there, not waiting to see if bullets come back. Not no, they ducking, should be hit the. They should, not they reloading their goddamn the guns before they open the door yep. to potential death. Yep. Uh, more potential gunfire. They like, come on. Yeah. Come on, and it's only TV, and we know everyone on the other side of the door is dead because it needs to have that impact. Don't like when they do stuff because it still has that impact if I they reload. Heath, I buy Heath doing that. Glenn though is smart enough. Yeah, to, yeah. He's been around the block. Come on, Glenn. But I mean, can you like this is the first time he's killed. Glenn's killed people, so maybe he's jacked up and not making great. But it's decisions. not the first time he's killed people. He just killed somebody. But what I'm saying two is, people but, moments ago but that that he's still he was visibly affected by that, and maybe he's not thinking straight. I guess. I just hate to see that kind of stuff. No, it'd have been it's cooler oversight. if they did that from, like, you know, they hit the deck and from their backs were just... Because ho- you don't need to, like... This is the one time where you don't need to have fucking use your sights, guys. Right. I've seen you guys shooting from the hip clear enough that you don't... So just get on the ground and spray up, you know? Uh-huh. Try to hit these guys. And then reload before you open the door. Be another prepared. Good, another good plan. Uh, so Rick is absolutely rocking and rolling with his rival. He's just mowing down saviors. Like there's a scene of him killing like a half dozen guys in a hallway. Yeah. Uh, Aaron stabs a dude in the gut and he says, if it wasn't us, it was going to be you. What the fuck does that mean? Apologizing for killing this guy. But what, but literally what does that mean? If it wasn't us, it was going to be you. He says those words. Those are those words. If it It wasn't wasn't us, us, it was going to be you. 
Like, they would have got themselves killed if they didn't kill them? I, yeah, if it wasn't us killing you, it you would kill you. us. It was just, Or it would have been you killing you? Kinda, yeah, you, I don't know. There's a lot of ways you could parse that, and none of them made a okay. lot of sense. That's a, yeah, that's a strange line. Uh, a nice shot of Rosita exploding dude's head and splattering the camera. Yeah, yeah. can we talk about that briefly? That's something I don't think I've seen them do before, and I wonder if that was a happy accident with like a squib going off and landing on the camera, like we've seen in like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, where they see something cool and they use it in the editing, I, if, or if that was intentional. If the camera got sprayed by a squib or a blank or anything accidentally, that says a lot of disturbing things about the safety of their set. <laughs> because so they'd have a cameraman that close to people have been killed with blank i mean they usually that that's one of the reasons like a lot of people give them shit about using digital gun effects um but when they're doing that it's usually because they're firing towards a camera and that's the only safe way you can really do it so right. i think i'm going to choose to believe it was intentional because if it's not like oh okay. jesus that was a visual effect added later yeah or uh, yeah, they, maybe. they they had a, sh- a plexiglass in front of the camera and they they planned it all out to be to be safe because yeah sure um but it was I, still cool i it's something I we haven't so. seen before and i liked some people said it felt a little too video gamey uh, it did feel like that but not in a bad way for me yeah uh so what else we got I it think honestly we've... made it feel a little more chaotic like blood's just going everywhere We've talked about most of this invasion already. There was a scene between Gabriel where he does a little boondock sainting, a little bit of uh, pulp fictioning on this guy. Yeah, getting a Jules vibe from him. Uh, yeah. I don't know if he was spouting real scripture or fake scripture. No, but it's, it's from the last. That's what Jesus was saying to his disciples during the last uh, supper. Some cold-blooded shit to say to somebody right before you kill him. Sure, sure. Uh, and they go out, and it's morning, and may- I, it, I wish they, we could have gotten a blood-red sky. Man, what? Like, wouldn't like? Can't you wait? Right. Can't you wait for a decent actual dawn for them to come out into? That would have looked so fucking cool. And with the name of this fucking episode and Jesus' line about it, uh, this is not. This ain't the or this is the next world. Like, yeah, coming out to a fucking dawn would have been pretty. Sweet. A literal dawn would have been absolutely beautiful, both visually and thematically. And they don't fucking do it. Instead, they do this jump ahead cut. To broad ass daylight in the middle yeah. of the afternoon. Yeah. How long were they in that building? Did I, they clean up all the bodies, or were they like you know? I saw. Hiding I, the I wonder if they like, if they really had a compressed shooting schedule because I saw some more unintentional rain this episode. Really? Where Carol was delivering her cookies in the first round I when they had that. this shot of her talking to Tobin on the 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 front porch when it was. Uh, daytime that you could tell it's raining in the background even though clearly from her dryness and just general just walking around it wasn't supposed to be yeah so i I wonder if they had maybe they wanted to that but just they had so many days of storm that it was that's a real that seems like a quick thing to shoot yeah it's like you you, it's a conversation it's a motorcycle fight and i you know again i know that they like to silo this shit up but i feel like all you need is you know a second camera unit that captures that dawn sequence and then there you go you got it like and it can be shot anytime in a well, 60 you, day window right but you do have to shoot that whole sequence like the motorcycle fight everything kind of from yeah, i guess it has to be during dawn yeah and people give us people i've seen in feedback are giving us shit about giving them shit for things that are they they view as inconsequential like day to night cuts no who really cares here that's art that's here 
Right. This is not. I'm not complaining about it because it is uh, error in continuity. No. Fine. I don't care about that it's shit anymore. It's a missed opportunity to make it awesome. T- to yeah, just add a, a little flair to it, and, and they it, didn't. It, and it works on so many levels because you're right. It's the dawn of a new day. There's also that old like you know red red sky at night, sailors delight. Red sky in morning, sailors take warning. Like a red sky in the sure. day is kind of like a stereotypically kind of a bloody ill omen. All the things that things a sunrise would, says. Yes. Those things would be really thematically awesome. And it's a missed opportunity that they didn't do it. Because they, you know, it clearly is intended to be the dawn. Go yes. get the visual there. And if they can't right. do it, then I bet they're they're kicking themselves as well. But I'm just saying that, yeah, it would have been, it I mean, been at, awesome. At least add it in post. Like, you can do some visual effects there if you need to. But yeah, I mean, it's, get it's it probably happening. hard to the fake and authentic dawn, but... It can be done. It can be done. It, it, they can do. They can try. Yeah. Uh, they did. They tend to kind of do a piss poor job of day for night shooting. Uh, if I recall, last time uh, we saw this horrible day to night cut, it was the premiere, right? Yes. The, the half season premiere. Maybe Nicotero just doesn't. Nicotero give a fuck. does not give a flying fuck about continuity or about. Nicotero is like a direct, like an RPG character. He's min maxed his stats, and all he cares about <laughs> is the zombie practical effects. The other details. Whether it's raining or not, whether it's dawn, right. what time of day it is, those he doesn't things. want the lore, the story. He's there to. to it's kill not monsters. that he doesn't care; he just doesn't notice his perception on that stuff. Right. He all he sees is zombies and heads exploding. So, yep. What are you gonna do? It's just uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, they fire up the 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 bookending pop pop music. It's uh, Arsonist Lullaby by a band called Hosier, uh, which I thought was pretty thematically appropriate. And we have a victory montage. Intercut with Morgan welding something together. Do you have any theories about what he's welding Oh, yeah. Together? It's obvious in, in second watch. Yeah. Uh, in the live watch, I was like, man, what's he welding? A welcome sure. home sign? Yeah. Uh, but you you take a look at it. He's got cinder blocks behind him. He's in the drywall cell. He's framing up a door. He's building an Aikido man, Eastman-style cell. Well, I think that's interesting because if you don't have a prison, the only thing you can do with dangerous people is kill them. Is right. And And I like that. That is an interesting evolution of his argument. I agree. I agree. And the the fact that multiple people have now escaped from this stupid drywall prison, uh Morgan realizes that it's not very secure, so he's gonna make it secure. Well also there's all rehabilitation like what would he's you do? He's gotta feel guilty about Wasn't it. Wasn't it Jesse's husband Pete? I mean, uh-huh, yeah. you, I don't know that Pete needed to be killed. Pete needed to be locked up and let dry out and let people know that, look, look, this is you, you're going to have to be cool with your wife not living with you anymore, and you're yeah. going to have to do some kind of atonement or whatever, but like this, give him a second chance. Right. Whereas if you don't have that, the only way you can deal with a person having a bad, rough patch in their life or has addiction problems or whatever is to kill them. Right. So I think that's an interesting evolution in, in Morgan's development. Yeah, but I think also, like, you know, he does feel guilty because we see him crying in this scene. Like, he's he's feeling bad about kind of his position on this whole thing and how it's cost people. Yeah, no, seriously. Um, but he's not going to change it. And I, you know, I can respect that. And he's come around to a point that I can respect. Not where, like, all life is sacred and you can't hurt anybody at any cost. He's now at the point I'm where... I'm not so sure he's given that up. Well, but he's he's more willing to go along with people who are going to, to do those things. Yeah, all, uh, all we helping ask them is him in the not way... to actively sabotage people doing the things that need to be done. Right, to the detriment of everyone. Yeah. So now yeah. he's actively contributing in his own way, and I think that's a much more interesting place for him to be. 
Uh, plus, he heard these guys are growing weed. They're drug dealers. <laughs> you got to lock those fuckers up. Right. <laughs> right. He's going to have the first privatized prison in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> the economics just make too much sense. Uh, so just as we think everything's great and we're about to start sucking popsicles, uh, a guy busts out of the building on a motorcycle. Uh, Daryl subdues him, asks the important questions. Where'd you get that bike, man? I'm the only one allowed to have a post-apocalyptic chopper. Well, you know why he's asking that question, why? right? Because it's his bike. I think it's implied that this is these oh, are the people the... who caught that couple ah, or whatever from last season. Yes. Stole his bike because he had to drive back in that truck. Yes. Uh, so I, I think that's what's implied here. Okay. That either they, they killed them or they captured them or that's something. That's right. That's Aaron's po- Okay. Because that's it's Aaron's all pieced bike. together. Yeah, you can gotcha. tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Oh, damn. I feel stupid now. Well, I... I had to think a while on that one. I thought it was just he like, has a real he... bike boner. And yeah. Where'd you get that bike, man? I want to go to that shop. Uh, and then over the guy's CB that he's got, uh, a woman's voice says, put the guns down, you prick. We've got Carol and Maggie. We okay. need to talk. I think it's a nice little play on Rick's name. Sure. Prick. Uh, question. If this guy's in communication with people on the outside, why the fuck does he bust out and get himself shot on a motorcycle? The tactics of this don't make sense. Yeah. Well, they didn't know that they were there until they got his walkie. So. Oh, so maybe they're like. I I don't know why he would bust out, why he wouldn't come out and say, hey, hey, pricks, I got. Yeah, don't shoot. Don't shoot. I'm here. I got a message for you. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he panicked. What are you going to do? It's not terrible, but uh, it was more of a head scratcher. This is a hell of a cliffhanger. They're, we, they're trapped. We like Carol and Maggie. Like, we don't know how many people are out there. Rick doesn't know how many people are out there. They got people we care about. Uh-huh. Everybody's uh, trapped. The two, new, the, 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 you know, new mom and old mom in the group. Lots of emotions at stake. Uh, pretty, pretty great way to set up next week. Yeah. Tara and Heath going to be the saviors. Are they? Tara or, and Sorry, not Tara and Heath. Tara and Gabriel, they already went back, so they're caught, too. What do you mean they already went back? Taryn, they went to the building because Je- Jesus was there, right? Well, Tara and Heath took off immediately. Like, I think they're gone. They went on their two-week mission. They're gone. Okay. Because Heath, you know, Glenn said, so they you want to come back? You know, are you sure? You, you know, and he's like, no, nah, man, I need to get out of here. I presume Tara went with him because that was the plan. So I think they right, made so it they off must... safe. Okay. They're uh, going to come back with RPGs and pull a Carol? Well, I don't. What do they them? have? Like, I, I don't know. This is, I mean, I'm I'm genuinely afraid because right. I don't see how both Carol and Maggie get out of the situation, especially since... I mean, uh, what are they going to want? Only, the only way they can is if these people... No, these people have to be... I was like, well, maybe they're not saviors, but they're in communication with the savior. Uh, Maybe. What if, they're a diff- what if they're from a different community, like the Hilltop? So they would have CB communication with the Saviors, maybe? Maybe. The Hilltop, do they? I mean, I guess we don't know. Like, maybe the Hilltop has a CB that they use to communicate with them, too, to arrange for drop-offs and stuff. I, I don't know. That's the only way Rick's talking himself out of this, is if these guys aren't Saviors. Right, right, because they just killed all of their buddies, if that's the case. Uh, so, yeah, what what do they want? That's the big question, right? They've got Maggie, they've got Carol... What do they want in exchange? Or yeah, they, I mean, it seems like they kill everybody. They want just you know maybe they want the weed. <laughs> maybe gives the contents to grow room. We'll go peacefully. Uh huh. And the armory, they probably want that. Yeah, yeah. They were. I wonder how 
Did we see them taking anything out of that place? Taking the weapons? I, I know a lot of people are mentioning the fact that uh, it didn't seem like their their bags were bulging with weapons they got from the armory. Yeah, there were a lot Although of Although they should have, because... Take them all. So, do you think this was Negan's main compound? Do you think this I can't was... imagine. No. But even Michonne if it's asked not... Where, which one was Negan. Even if it's not, it stands to reason that they've really depleted their manpower, because they blew up that detachment... Uh, they they yeah. seized this compound and killed God knows how many of them. And, and if they haven't seized their guns, I don't see how they can stop them. Because, I mean, I, it just depends on how many people are surrounding them and how good a shot they are. Because if I was Rick, I'd be like, fall back to the – everyone fall back. They can't get, get us all. And then we can fight from this place. We got a shit ton of guns. Uh-huh. You know, I don't know where that goes. But I wouldn't I, – I hope Rick's not stupid enough to just like, all right, we'll come out. We'll drop our guns. Uh, they're kind of they're kind of in a tough spot for sure. Well, that's the episode, man. I assume we have feedback. Yeah, we have a lot of feedback. So before we get to feedback, we've got uh, an ad this week. We've got uh, Harry's ad. You, you probably shave something, whether you're a guy or a girl. You probably shave it. Uh, it's not your face; it's your legs. Oof, we could get in uncomfortable territory here. Jim. Not your legs; it's your head. I'm going to stop listing body parts, but you probably shave it, uh, and you're probably paying too much to do so. I would say. If you're if you're shopping at like a retail store or a convenience store or anything like that, you're paying too much for your razors. Harry's dot com uh, has a solution for you. Not only are you paying too much, you're paying too much for an inferior product. Right? Are, are do you even know where your blades come from? Do they come from Germany? Are you sure about that? Are they German engineered precision instruments of hair destruction? Right. Because if not, Harry's is going to be a huge upgrade for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ironic that the company called Harry's. Does so much <laughs> violence against hair. Well, uh, I don't know. Keep your friends close, your enemies close. Like maybe suggest like say. like a, a, a switch your name to deforestation. <laughs> okay. Not as not as uh, <laughs> easy to say. It's more, more accurate though. More accurate from a marketing standpoint. Right, but you know they're they're really good blades. I've been using them for I don't know two years now uh, to do all my shaving, and I really like them. And they're also inexpensive. You can you can save about half of what you spend on razors at the store by going to harrys.com. Uh, and save even more by using our promo code when you get there. It's a bald move, all one word, all caps. Uh, you save five bucks off your first order. So, you know, you can take their starter set, which is normally 15 bucks, and you can bring that down to 10, and you get a lot of good stuff with that. And it's really high-quality stuff, too. So uh, check it out, harrys.com. Use promo code BALDMOVE, all caps, all one word. Save some money. You want to get to feedback now? Yes, please. Uh, we have some from last episode. Natalie Kay, who wants to stress that she is not, in fact, Maggie, uh, even though I called her that last time. How do we call her Maggie? Because they did a Gregory... I was doing a Gregory riff where he was referring to Maggie by a different... By oh, Natalie. Oh, and, oh, yes, yes. Never mind. I forget her own shtick, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about Maggie, Maggie's pregnancy. Uh, you guys mentioned a few times that she didn't seem to be showing, but I think that uh, that may have been intentional, as when she and Glenn were talking about the tomatoes and no buds showing on the plants, the way they both looked thoughtful and glum at the same time suggested to me that there was a double meaning. Oh, she's worried um, about him. She had a miscarriage, maybe? Yeah, maybe Ooh. she's worried about the growth of the baby. And also, um, she mentions that they asked for prenatal vitamins, that sort of thing. Uh and relief at, at kind of seeing the baby in the ultrasound. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know. That that's interesting. She she also says last but not least was it just me but uh did the sound of the of the ultrasound kind of sound like zombie growls? What are they what's she implying? I, I that mean, there may be a horrible uh, abomination of a fetus in there no, ready God, to no claw, zombies. claw and chew its way out. Get the fuck out of here. At the slightest provocation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh just ha- had Horrifying, to get that in there. I'm sure. Uh Kimberly also has some stuff about last episode. Hey, I know it's a late email, but I think Abraham was letting himself be choked out uh, at the hilltop last time because he was trying to see which woman would flash before his eyes, like what happened to the guy oh. he was choking who ended up seeing his wife, and they talk about that later. That's fucking really interesting. I hadn't thought about that at all, but I thought it was good Yeah, it's interesting. Now that, now that The Walking Dead is choosing to treat me as an adult, I'm going to have to start upping my analysis yeah. game. Because he does. He kind of smiles there as he's getting choked out. And we were like, yeah. why? Why? Yeah, yeah. Maybe no, he that's, saw Sasha. That's actually really, really... It's If anything, the episode's better than I thought it was. And I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Jake A. Says, okay, guys. So every episode in this second half of the season has reaffirmed my love for The Walking Dead. Indeed. But this episode in particular really proved to me that this show can still have some high-quality, well-directed episodes. The whole sequence of them going to that building up until the end was super intense for me. I actually got my heart racing even when I saw um, that they were killing sleeping dudes. And no point did I feel the group had the upper hand. Yeah. Which, yeah, you get the impression that at any moment they wake up. I mean. And the whole thing could go to shit. Even with all that bullshit with Glenn from last season, yes, I did feel that anyone save maybe Rick could die in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Dan from No Philly. one died. So there you go. Not yet. Not yet. There could be some shit coming, though. That's They're true. all trapped. That's true. Dan from Philly. Hey, guys, another solid episode to move the story along. Whatever fire was lit under Gimple's ass has worked. The mix of actual story progression with the odd touch of humor and action has finally put this show in a place where it belongs. Is there a fire lit under his ass? Have I missed something? Uh, yeah, I, I, there seems to be. He's doing... So this is They're like doing a much better I job. I thought maybe there was some inside scuttlebutt about... Oh, no, not that I know of. Like, if Just, he doesn't get these ratings turned around, he's gonna... Go the way of Mazera. Or maybe he's just tired of us talking shit. Maybe. <laughs> See, you're welcome, everyone. Yeah, they had him on <laughs> Talking Dead. Chris Hardwick said, look, I listened to this Walking, Watching Dead podcast, sure, and sure. these guys are really hard on you. Anyway, We're influencers, he, man. He got, right, right. <laughs> sure we are. By which I, which I mean we podcast under the influence. <laughs> Uh, he, he goes on, I, I know I like to rag on how bad it is sometimes, but I gotta say they've stepped up their game all the way around. Oh yeah, I guess Jesus does save after all. What percentage of the U.S. population do you think said at that, at the exact same moment Jesus saves? It's no less than 1%, right? Of the entire U.S. population? When Jesus shot that guy uh, who was gonna kill Glenn. I'm talking about the population that watches The Walking Dead. No, I just mean in general, the entire population. (laughs) It's like 1%. So that'd be three million people. That'd be three million people. Yeah, I, I, that's Jesus probably because I'm thinking probably we, we right, both said it and simultaneously. We're so yeah, like there'd be <laughs> right. you know since like, what is this country like eighty percent Christian? It's high nominally or so, you a know very big number. Yeah. So, yeah, I would imagine a lot of people made the Jesus saves joke. Yeah, all at the same time. It's like a bad Star Wars pun. Uh, Johnny from Virginia says, did I miss some other time when Tobin and Carol had any meaningful scenes together before this episode? They seemed to go from zero to Nookie in about five seconds. What? 
Tom oh. and Carol? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. yeah. No, he, he's right. I don't came think out of we've seen them, and we talked about that. But when the, the Nookie, I guess, is what's like, wait, well, they didn't, they didn't fuck Well, the, yeah, he's... They, they're canoodling He's not best. saying literally, <laughs> right? He, he said Nookie. I think he just wanted to rhyme with cookie. Ah. Because he also says, uh, or cookie. Yes, yes. But whatever. Rachel from Michigan. When Father Gabriel was Could've delivering... Snickerdoodle canoodle. Like that that, that could have worked too. All right, is it? I mean, you have to have a certain a certain number of ingredients in a recipe to make something a particular type of cookie. Yes, I don't know what she, she couldn't what, call what she made a chocolate chip cookie. No, I think so. It's she a, probably couldn't call a sugar it a beet cookie. Is what she would call it. Did she even have any sugar? I mean, no, but it it's was a all beet. beet juice. It's it's the beets are what make it sweet. The beets right. sweet sugar. It's the shroot cookie. Cookies. Uh, <laughs> That's the perfect thing you call it, the shroot, shroot cookie. Uh, Rachel from Michigan. When Father Gabriel was delivering his monologue to the man he shoots, all I kept thinking was, please let him say, I kick ass for the Lord, like the priest on Dead Alive. That would have been the most epic thing ever. You know, I forgot to make that connection. That is definitely a thing you should be thinking. I was thinking Jules from Pulp Fiction. See, I was thinking that, no, but also not. with Norman Reedus, I was thinking the in nomine, deus, right. whatever shit that they say. Yeah. And I thought it'd been cool is like if they cut over to Daryl and Daryl just gives him like a little nod. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you do it, son. Right. That'd have been awesome. Good a little stuff. too on the nose, but I would have allowed it. Yeah. Uh, so Nola, a seriously bummed Carol shipper and not Carol... Just just Carol, but Carol and Daryl. Okay. Spelled weird. Uh, says the Daily Beast had this to say about our old friend Morgan. Morgan has fully transformed into this show's Skylar White. He continues to say perfectly sane things like, hey, maybe we should talk to these savior people instead of rushing in with a risky-as-hell plan to kill them all and be universally reviled for it. Agree or disagree? Totally disagree, because it doesn't take into account this scenario. Right. Like... Uh, he's not being needlessly antagonistic. Yeah, like advocating uh, peace talks with the Nazis circa 1941 would also be insane. Like, I, <laughs> okay. even then, uh-huh. like, I don't, I don't even know that that's because you still have a nation state that can be barter. You know, like the rule of law is like kind of mm-hmm. being followed. Like, I, I don't know. At some point, you are stupid if you continue to. You know, kick against the 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 goads. I, I don't I don't know what to say. Like to me, that's a very naive reading of the situation. Hey, let's try giving peace a chance with these people that threaten sure. to take all of our shit and ask for this guy's head when they were a little light. Like this, and it's ignoring the the fact that they would be giving up the element of surprise and. Yeah. You know, there there's so many reasons that this is a bad idea. Yeah. I mean it'd be one thing if Rick was suggesting taking on a group that was just living like, hey, uh there these guys are all agreeing to give thirty three percent of their stuff to each other because like it's essentially a trade agreement. Let's muscle in. Mm-hmm. That would be one thing, but from several reputable sources, including our own people, these people are pretty ruthless and warlordy, so yeah, no, I don't. I don't agree with that analysis. Whatever, and I, I think early on he was universally reviled for it because it was clearly stupid in the face of the wolves. Sure, uh, directly attacking the town. But I think now it's become a much more interesting question and a, a much more acceptable thing to ask. You know, I mean, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm on board with at least raising that argument, even if it's not like. But compared to Skylar White, because Skylar White was reviled because. 
the questions she was asking were actually appropriate for the scenario, but our the the sympathies of the watchers were with Walt, so she was the person keeping Walt from doing cool stuff, and it got on our nerves. Sure, that's not Morgan. That's not Morgan at all. I mean, he's trying to keep Carol from doing cool stuff like killing wolves. But but we're mad because the, the what he's trying to do is inappropriate for the scenario. Now what he's doing now, building a prison again. That's what I mean. Yeah. If Rick wants a new dawn and a new day and a new world, you need some sort of way to deal with people who, uh, you know, are a problem but don't immediately warrant death. Right, and I feel like calling him the Skylar White, being universally reviled while saying sane things is ignoring the fact that he's moderating his opinion quite a bit. Sure. He's still ma- making an opinion be known. Yeah. It's contrary to the, the popular opinion. But Also, like, are you, is he trying to defend what he was doing with the wolf? Because that's indefensible. I didn't, I didn't think so. And but. to for also, I think it's naive to, like, chide a, a viewership for, like, oh, you guys not giving Morgan a chance. Well, dude, that shit just happened. Yeah. We have some, like, I'm not really wanting to turn the page on Father Gabriel... And right. he's a hell of a lot less objectionable than like what Morgan like because you know Gabriel tried to sell out the whole the the all the people we care about, but Morgan jeopardized the entire Alexandria experiment unilaterally with his own little fucking experiment. So like, yeah, for really bad reasons. Even if he's saying since now, I'm I'm like the viewership's only human. They can probably still hold it against the character of Morgan for a few more weeks. I suppose so. Like no, it's like I I I hate when people like chide people for how they feel. <laughs> it's dumb. All you can do it's is an opinion, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt L says, "I got to say, I'm real happy with the quality and pacing in these past few episodes, especially considering the stagnant second half of season six A." Anyway, this episode focused on just how brutal killing another human really is—the unforgiven of the zombie apocalypse, as it were. That part really struck me. Uh, the part that really struck me was when Glenn stopped Heath from killing the sleeping man to spare him from that emotional weight, only for Heath to gun down three saviors through a door later on, completely disregarding the morality of it all. What I got from that was that any character, no matter what their beliefs, is able to kill when their life or the lives or their friends is at risk. Now that we're post-wolves, could we see this influence Morgan, or will he stay true to his code even if it means risking the people he cares about? Uh, Morgan seems like a true believer. Yeah, and I think Morgan, here's why I'm softening on Morgan, I think he realizes his mistake a bit, Um, and he's not going to put himself in a position now where he needs to make that same mistake, if he can help it. Hmm. He doesn't want to be in the position where he needs to kill and can't, Um, Yeah, and that's smart of him to stay behind here. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm fine with him trying to find a middle way. And I think, again, the group, they don't know they need it yet, but they do need a middle way. They do need a, a, a way right. to deal with things that are not just uh, you know terminating any threat. Is there any chance that Morgan will be put in another situation where he needs to kill again, and this time, I don't know, he either does or he has to make that decision again? There... Being how this is The Walking Dead, probably. Yeah. I don't see him dying in his sleep peacefully 50 years from now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Uh, Shelby says, all in all, a good episode, but so much strange slash awful characterization going on this week. It all felt off to me. Really? Uh, Walking Dead doing his usual lazy writing thing. First, what the hell was going on with Carol and Tobin? I don't think these two have had any screen time together, so his your mom monologue made no sense. Fair enough. Um, The kiss made even less sense. Totally. Agree. Second, Abraham walking out on Rosita was also abrupt, given how cozy they had been in bed the past week. 
What exactly happened for him to change his mind? All we saw last week of some self-introspection about procreation. Does he really think Sasha can give him that? Well, uh, I think we've we've talked a little bit about that. I mean, to me, I felt like something Abraham is. I, see, I think that was out of character. I think that's exactly what Abraham would do. Yeah, like he's 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 made a decision, and if anything, last week is what felt out of character for him. Like for him to hide his uncomfortable situation with a bunch of false declarations of love and affection. Right. So we had some some feedback on this. I don't think I included. Maybe we're going to get to it. Um, but but someone wrote in saying that this may be either uh, like this pil- pillow talk with um, Rosita last episode could have been tr- him trying to soften the blow for later, like build her up a little bit um, so that she doesn't think that he thinks she's terrible. Um, or it could have been kind of a panic response where he realizes he's not into this anymore and he's trying to force himself into it. Say these nice things about her. I mean, either way, none of this feels out of character for Abraham. Like, sure, I'm with you. Not everyone He's like trying to give some reasons. Breaking up with people is one of the hardest things you can do. Honestly, sure. yeah. Like, there's no real way, great way to do it. No. Um, you know, it's like the that they say that like everything ends badly because if it didn't, it wouldn't be ending. <laughs> right. So you can just kind of choose less bad ways, less sad and hurtful ways to do it. And Abraham didn't. But it's it's definitely within his character to be that kind of not knowing what to do with these emotions and not n- knowing a genteel way to express them. And I've got a worse way. I've got What's a worse that? way to do it. You can do it like uh, the third point here. Denise and Tara have br- have just effectively broken up. With Denise saying, "I'll tell you, I love." They're when on you a break. Get, I'll love you when you get back. No, they're, <laughs> they're done. On a Russell, Ross they're done. And Rachel Tara's style not coming break. back. No way. Yeah, she's done. She's out. I think the worst way to break is like you always hear that like where the man or woman kills the other. That's a pretty bad way to you know, go. Like what's that Scott Peterson like, like a suicide uh, murder thing? Well, murder, not just or just suicide. a straight up murder. Like I don't want to go through the public disgrace of breaking up this person, so I'll murder them. Right. That's probably the worst case scenario. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's what I'm saying. Like that's I feel like that happens because people fucking can't deal in a mature adult way with the very real conflict that comes from ending a relationship and don't want to, and they're, they're yeah. selfish and psychotic enough to think that's a, that's a better alternative. Right. And I think selfish is the key word there. Yeah. Like I want to spare myself the pain yeah. of having to break up with this person. Sure. I mean, like I said, would I want Abraham to be like, look, Razid, I'm very sorry, but I just, you know, I don't, I've, I've realized I don't love you that what we had on the road, is not cutting it in Alexandria, and you're a great lady and all that, but yep. what we got is the dingleberry shit stuff, which seems like something Abraham would say. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, she says third. Is it, is it she? Yeah, Shelby, I guess that's a she. That's your word. We're, I don't fucking I, know. Yeah. Third, Denise and Tara spouting I love yous again. They've maybe had two scenes together in the entire course of the show. It felt sudden, emotionless, and contrived. I disagree, Shelby. I'm sorry. I feel like they've been very economic building their relationship. Uh, they have, yes, not given us a ton of time, but the stuff I've seen makes Which a lot of sense. Which relationship? Tara and Denise. Oh yeah, no. I've, I've first for of some all, reason I felt that connection. First of all, Tara, I they this is I said it's her mo, but yeah, I mean I I remember with the governors, well not the governors people, uh, Martinez's. Ah, gotta right. say that again. <laughs> Uh, his people, like she, immediately had professed strong feelings yeah. for the the admittedly hot woman that she had shacked up with there. 
I feel like it's kind of she's one of those uh, easy. Uh, she, she falls in relationships pretty easy. Yeah, and for some reason, the way that it didn't do it for me with Tobin yeah. and Carol this episode kissing on the porch, the kiss on the porch with Denise and Tara felt so much more natural. Uh, well, here's the, the one thing. The, here's the other thing. And then the subsequent, like, them just kind of being cozy together. I, I felt I think like Tara and Denise, those actresses, have chemistry in a way okay. that Carol and to- Tobin, I don't think, has chemistry with anything. He's no. a fucking inert material. Right. He's got... He's the noble gas of characters. He's just not going to react to anything. Uh, uh-huh. I think chemistry I, with a bottle of beer. I think uh, Carol's had some pretty good chemistry with with people before, right? I think her and Daryl have decent chemistry. It's a different like I'm like again. That's yeah. what's always been weird because you never really could put your finger on what it was. Uh huh. But like you either do or you don't. I don't think these two characters have very much very good chemistry. So like yeah. where you're right, Tara and Denise did feel out of left field. It's almost like when they finally got together and like they kissed, it was like, oh yeah, okay. Looking back, I can see why this would would happen and make sense. Whereas Tobin and Carol's like, what the fuck? What am I seeing? Yeah. Plus, I give a I you know Carol's like she's a much high she's much higher on my pedestal of characters. Like I don't want her to shack right. me up with any schlub. That's true. You know, like find her a worthy person to be with someone that. And again, I'm trying to put my Carol glasses on and see her see Tobin through her eyes and I can kind of see, but I wish they would done a little bit more to convince me of that rather than me having to backfill a bunch of emotions based on what I know about her character. All right. Dave from Melbourne says, given the Tobin and Heath bond, uh, sorry, both had some character building this episode. Uh, they're surely going to die very soon. Yeah. As soon as Tobin kissed Carol, I struck a line through his name. <laughs> I, why not her name? Why not strike a line through that name? She's the one who's captured. She's the one who went out and is in danger here. Tobin's sitting back drinking beer and, I don't know, thinking about walls. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of a plus in The Walking Dead that they have now built up some of these relationships such they could kill arguably C-tier characters and get it like an A tier reaction out of it. Like Tara dies, and I'm I don't I've never liked Tara that much. I think she's always been just kind of fine, or even maybe of a, a, a joke character, or right. kind of like she's a, the audience POV sometimes. But like I don't you know I don't I don't care about her like I do Rick and Michonne. She's not that level. She dies. I think Denise is approaching that level. She's a B tier heading towards A, and the combination of the two, and I would feel pretty pretty gut shot. Yeah. Uh, Whereas Tobin dies, and I'm like, Carol dodged a bullet. (laughs) Carol dies. I guess Tobin, if they spin that to him being a more interesting type of, like, takes a forefront, takes a leadership role, that would be interesting. I just won't buy his sadness. They shared a single kiss. What? How sad can you be? Yeah, and I don't know if the actor can pull that off either. Right. Plus, I'd be like, I got my own genuine grief for Carol if she dies. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Jeff R. But what I'm saying is, like, the 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 show has built enough these relationships. Like, they could kill Enid, yeah. Tara, uh, Tobin, and get a reaction from us as good as if they killed one of the A tier characters because of the what the relationship they have the others. And I I hope they don't lean too much on that as a crutch. Uh-huh. Because if they do that and suddenly Enid, Tobin, and Tara get knocked off, I'm going to be like after the third one, like I see what you're doing. Y- you need to, you know. This is the fucking Walking Dead. Someone real needs to die now. Yep. 
Jeff R. says, maybe this is too nitpicky, but did any of those af- actors actually fire one of those weapons inside the building, like in real life? God, I hope not. Not I, with that adequate hearing protection. Right. We didn't talk about the even being able to hear a walkie. I mean, Rick should have just looked around hearing like some <laughs> random. Yeah. 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 Uh, he, he goes on. Uh, I hate those digital muzzle flashes. It really takes me out of it. I just can't help but see them all walking around pretending like they're firing their weapon. It's one step away from playing cops and robbers as kids, but it was sufficiently brutal, so I can't complain too much. I do think, because I, yeah. I I used to think the same way, and I think it was Adam Savage. I was listening to one of his podcasts. He talked about how a lot of that's for safety, or maybe it's Vince Gilligan. They talk uh, about that, uh-huh. that like a lot of that is actor safety, and when you hear... When he, we see the, the surprisingly long list of actors who have died and stuntmen who have died with weapons malfunctions, it makes a lot of sense. Now, having said that, I think that if they want to keep the realism, they need to do a better job of teaching the actors uh, how wet firearms behave. And so they actually are doing a better job of the pantomime because that's all over the map on this show. Well, yeah, and I, I think... You know, you can see that they've had some training, and they're not—they're not going like like that sure. sort of thing. They're—they're they're more like just like kind of doing a little shake, uh-huh. which is what you want to see when someone is actually skilled. With uh, but a I'm saying some of them do it better than others. De- definitely, yeah. And they're right. still like they obviously don't care about a lot of the the on-screen safety stuff, yeah. like with handling weapons and, and that's shooting a, past people's ears. and Like, I can always tell spaces. when the the care, the actor playing Sasha is shooting real blanks versus just the rubber gun because she fucking blinks every single time. Oh, She's yeah, shooting yeah. a quote-unquote live round. And that's the other thing. that Like, Seth Gilliam noticed and, he did not get his eye. That's a veteran wire actor. He's not going right. to blink when he shoots a gun. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like that's like as anytime Sasha has got the rubber gun, she's a stone cold badass. Every time she's shooting blanks, it's psh, 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 she's she's blinking up a storm. Yeah, and ultimately, I don't care. She turns like, into Belle from Twilight. I, I don't really care if you're if you're um if you just want to have some crazy action and have people shooting shooting hundreds of rounds in hallways with echoes and not losing their hearing, I don't care that much. It's only really a problem because in season one, they went with it. Mm. Uh, like, I've seen a million action movies, and I don't give a flying fuck where they shoot their weapon, how they shoot their weapon. It doesn't it, it, matter. No, look, for me. For me. It's a I don't, thin line from this to Birdemic, though, where they... D- I don't think the line's that thin. Well, what I'm saying is that, like, it's... But that's, again, you're also not a gun guy. So, like, I feel like that it's the the more you've shot weapons, the more it bothers you when people have shitty handling and and of, of said and, and the entertainment you're watching i i suppose so and maybe that's why i don't care i just i don't care all that much now when you shoot over someone's shoulder with the muzzle right next to their head and they have no hearing loss uh-huh. that's when i start to go yeah yeah maybe herschel probably shouldn't be able to hear anything maybe sure. rick can't hear now. <laughs> It'd be nice for that those that have those realistic touches. And they did it in season one, and they that's do a, do it a big problem. Time, and yeah. I know they've changed showrunners a hundred times. Sure, and it's a different show now, so I'm giving them a little slack. But no, but it. you know, we recently watched uh, Saving Private Ryan, and they yeah. do that stuff so well, and that can yep. be a part of the show's realism. That's what I thought would be a cool touch, but eh, whatever. Mitch from South Carolina says this week's episode was the best and most balanced I've watched in a long time. Really enjoyed the pacing too. Every time I thought they were going to over they backed off and moved to the next scene. 
yes, I think they're right. Like that, there was a lot of touch and go moments where I thought, uh oh, sure. Morgan's standing up, everyone's turning to him. It never quite bogged down, though. Yes, and I was thankful for that. Uh, and he says it also seems like they, they touched on a lot of loose ends that we had been introduced uh, to in the previous episodes. Right on. Like Carol putting the cookies on Sam's grave. It was a very subtle way to address Carol's guilt over Sam's walker breakdown. And uh, the other character development of Carol was very surprising. She's often portrayed as a heartless badass, but of course she would actually be just as conflicted as some of the other characters. And it really adds a lot more depth to her character, who in some way has become more caricature since the Terminus episodes. But I like the how they're kind of walking that back, that now that things have settled down and she's actually starting yeah. to believe in the fact that this is not another term, that, that she's starting to deal with the things that she's been putting off dealing with for a long time. And she needed to be the person she was to get to get that job and done, and it ties into her talk with Maggie. Like, yeah. you don't need to be this, so don't be it. I mean, it wouldn't even surprise me or disappoint me if she becomes, becomes a Morgan supporter as an overreaction right. to her reaction from before. Like, oh, God, look at Sam. He's dead. And I mean, that would, all, that would all make sense. I'd hate for them to wallow in it, but, mm-hmm. I mean, that, 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 at least, that would make a lot of sense. Phil from Indy says, I thought, of this episode, uh, I thought this episode started off slow, and 30 minutes in, I was preparing for a few extra episodes of side stories and planning the attack on Negan's camp. The show surprised me as much as Rick's group surprised the guards by jumping right into the raid in the same episode. Yeah, yeah, they have really... I was expecting the same. I thought, oh, they're drawing diagrams, they're going to talk about this for at least this episode. We debated that on the live watch. Like, are they yep. really going... To, and they did. And like, I looked at, like, 20 minutes. They've got maps, they've got gear. Uh-huh. They're going in. <laughs> yeah, but it would be just like them to slow down and throw another four or five speeches in and yep. and have, you know, it be a cliffhanger, the actual assault be a cliffhanger for next week. Yeah. And they didn't. And so happy about which that. Which makes me... If they knew they had this material coming up, why the fuck were they dragging their feet so much the last the season or two? Because I remember, like, two seasons ago, know. I'm thinking, I, you know, I think a reasonable pace would have them getting to the Negan plot at the end of this season. And that was, like, a season and a half ago. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, in retrospect, it seems like it makes a lot of sense that Walking Dead can crush material like this when the world is becoming larger and they have these, you know, static sets that they can build and tell a bunch of interesting stories for 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 years and amortize all that cost over several seasons. Right. In which case, why weren't they trying to get to it? Uh, I, I want to say maybe town? they've realized Why? the error of their ways. Maybe, maybe yeah. they're they're course correcting here uh, with a show that people feel should be more action packed. Because man, I'm thinking there's at least a half season that we could have just gotten done away with, oh, or yeah. maybe if not a full season, and gotten Easily. to this, and we would never have gone through the long dark tea time of the Walking Dead soul that we did went last half season. Man, I mean the prison arc alone. Could have been shortened by I'm talking, a full half season. Sure. Yeah. 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 At least a half season, maybe more on that arc. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they're learning from their their mistakes and amping up the action. Could be. Or maybe it's just the material they have now is better and more action packed. But like I said, you know, uh, if if not Scott Gimple, Robert Kirkman knew what was coming down the pike. It's true. I, mean, I assume Scott's read all the comics at this point. <laughs> I can't imagine that he hasn't. Steven from Florida says, thought this was an exciting and intense episode. I'm not pleased with how the writers are making Carol handle Sam's death. They always uh, showed how annoying he was to her and how, and we never actually saw Carl show Carol show any affection for him until after his death. 
Isn't that, isn't that the way it goes, though? And now she's going down Morgan's path. She's not telling people about this wolf thing. Uh, yeah, he's he's a little confused by Carol's It's a status. human reaction. It's like the world's greatest dad, where you got this pervy little jerk that dies, and then suddenly everyone at school is he's his best friend, and they love him. And want to spend... right. You feel, how, you feel yeah. bad about how bad you treated him like an, in his annoy- life. Like if you have an annoying buddy that you just tolerate, mm-hmm. and he goes home at work one night and gets hit by a drunk driver and he's dead, I guarantee the next morning you'll be thinking, oh, Jesus, I was a real asshole to him sometimes, and I could have been better. Yeah, because, I think that's natural. You know, I mean, I think that's that's that's, that's a human reaction to have. Also, uh, he says Jesus is supposed to be a ninja, but his moment was very anticlimactic. I felt that, too. I felt like him going, like, putting on the mask and giving the speech, they won't see me, I'm going in. Who did he save, Sasha? No, he said Glenn and Heath from the single guy with the revolver who was already dying on the floor. And they couldn't bring themselves. He just walked up and shot him. Yeah. And then nothing else from Jesus. I expected with him being this (laughs) escape artist that he'd Come on, Jesus, show us something. (laughs) Right. Walk on watch something. I don't know. Barry C. from the UK. Great episode. Early on, what The Walking Dead did really well was create tension, which was really high in this episode. Used to be from zombies, but here it was the unknown. The gang have never gone on the offensive with an unknown threat before, and this really showed in the episode. Perhaps more notably, we have never seen the gang willfully commit murder in this way before, which also made this one of the darkest episodes ever. Uh, I largely agree. I, I think, you know helped by the soundtrack it was extremely tense because they didn't know what they were walking into uh ashley says just to recap in season three glenn was beat to a pulp at woodbury so he was on the sidelines there uh talking about whether or not he's killed anyone uh though he very much wanted to kill the governor herschel and maggie sort of talked him down Mm -hmm. he was sick when the prison was attacked in season four true he had the flu and he just got on a bus and got out of well, there. Well, he didn't get on a bus. He was left behind somehow. Remember? Because he came to and he was on that broken section of prison. Well, right, right, right. But yeah, I, I guess, guess he didn't have true. to kill anyone on his way out because it was already over. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, and then at Terminus, Rick and Carol did all the killing. And in the church massacre, he and Maggie only stood guard. Since then, he hasn't had a reason to kill anyone besides Nicholas. And again, he decided to save him. So, yes, it's very much a part of Glenn's arc that he has never killed a human being. They didn't just pull that out of their asses. Yeah, I, I guess he was kind of sidelined during the major fighting. Yeah, so. I couldn't think of any time where I, like, it, it, I, it was believable for him to say that. It was surprising. Yeah. But I couldn't think of anything to directly contradict it, so it doesn't surprise me. Mike in Pasadena says, really enjoyed that episode, but obviously we didn't see Negan. My guess is that Rick's raid was just on uh, one of many likely outposts for Negan's group. It would make sense that Negan would all would have all transactions with the Hilltop occur at a place that isn't his main camp, and it's unfortunate for our group that they think they probably, or they probably think they wiped out uh, all of Negan's men when they really just got a subset. But Jesus should know that Negan wasn't around, right? I mean, yeah, he would he would probably know what Negan looks like, wouldn't he? I guess so. So he could confirm to Michonne that no, in fact, we didn't get Negan here. Unless, like, you know, someone got their head blown off or, you know, you've got yeah. that thing of, I, I don't know how messy things got in there. But also, they're not going to have a chance to have that conversation because right. of what happened at the end of the episode. Okay. I want Carl from Houston in here for the voice of dissent on the Carol thing. Oh, Car- he's loving Carol, Carol Tobin. Tobin? He's loving it. All he's right. A, he says, I actually enjoyed the Tobin-Carol interaction 
found myself invested in Carol's happiness. It was nice to want something more for her than to blow some shit up. I'm interested in her arc and where it will lead. She's clearly conflicted, running up the tally of deaths. I came into this season believing that Carol was actually the best leader for this group, being able to make tough and pragmatic mm. decisions without emotion. Now we see the weight that has that she has been carrying and are left to wonder how far down it will push her. What links will she go to in order to atone for her sins? I mean, obviously I want what's best for Carol and I want her to be happy. I just think Tobin's a poor prize. <laughs> okay. At the end right. of the... Uh... You know, at the at the end of the game of skee ball, you take your fifty tickets up the counter, and oh my god, a tootsie roll! <laughs> yeah, he's the a tootsie roll is all I can get. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, he's the exactly. eraser cap for he's a the, pencil. He's the slap bracelet of <laughs> of Chuck E. Cheese. The prizes. plastic spider. I mean, how many how many <laughs> shitty analogies can we make? Yeah, no, he it's it's no, he's he's not the the PlayStation. No, that, that's he's not even the behind ring pop. The gl- no, I mean at least you enjoy that for a while. Sure, sure. Uh, I that's the thing. Like I, I, I agree with his analysis and of of the Carol a- angle. I just I don't. The, the Tobin just it seems vaguely insulting. Right, I'm with you. Uh, and finally, Sloan. It's says, like like what uh, would be like even Jesse like. I understand why Rick was attracted to her. She mm-hmm. was a good looking woman. That was a mother that, you know, he could see that would be a good role. I could see he could see where he could plug into that life and everything would fit. Yeah. But I'm trying to think of like if if Patricia, the the pantry woman, like if that's who they put Rick with, people would be like, what the (laughs) fuck? Tobin is the that the that she's incompetent. Yeah. Yeah, she's like a, she's not kind of a coward. She's a gossip. Right. She's not particularly anything to look at. That's where I feel like Tobin is with Carol. I'm with you. I'm with you. Tobin's so. a sad sack of shit to be with Carol. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He's the plastic spider. <laughs> He's the plastic spider ring. Finally, Sloan says, I think they're doing a really good job with an awful lot of this. Um, the show has tightness to it. That we all know it sometimes doesn't. Yep. But I do have one thing that's kind of bugging me. Okay. I'm not totally buying the decision to go in and do this. And I think she's talking about, you know, moralizing a bit. They all seem really nervous and unsure about it. And I kind of wish more people had spoken up at the meeting. Not in an ethical, moralizing kind of way, but in a strategy way. It's almost better, uh, almost always better to defend than attack, especially when you don't know much about what you're going to find. It just seems to me that between all these people, at least a couple of them would have been like, whoa, 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 Mr. Let's Free a Gazillion Walkers from their quarry trap. Let's really talk about this if it's our only option. That's what I said on the live watch when he's like, does anyone have any objections? I said everyone raised their hand because you're right. The quarry (laughs) plan has got to be fresh in people's mind, and that wasn't exactly a firecracker type of deal. It almost got them all killed. Yeah. But on the other hand... They went against Rick before, and it blew up in their faces, and Rick did get them through it. And also, right. it's like, if you're going to do the defense, you're on a war footing from now until forever. People are going to have to... Guard duty is going to have to be st- stood up because you cannot be taken by surprise. Right. Well, the biggest problem I see with that is you're in a siege situation, and you, you have don't no have food. food. I mean, yeah. you got a month's worth of food, but if this siege lasts longer than a month... yeah. You're done. Yeah. Uh, you can't now, have that happen. If you had your sorghum crops going and your barley uh, your tomatoes, propping up your intellect sure. and like that, that little <laughs> tunnel that Aaron's got, could you could get fresh water coming through there, mm-hmm. then then sure, maybe. But I, I agree. Like, they couldn't, like, Negan could put up a barricade around them and starve them out in a matter of weeks. Yeah. 
that's not a that's way a to scary win. thing. Yeah, and, and also, I mean, you really just don't know. I feel like the element of surprise is a huge thing. It is. So you would be giving that up if you just kind of let them come to you. I mean, it, it kind of works in there because like Negan could come up and just think that they're going to roll over this community like they do all the walled communities, and Rick could surprise them in that way. Right. But that's... And, and you know, defense, like if you're equipped for it, defending is usually a better option than attacking. I do think that yeah, the show is a little bit black and white between it's like it's always Morgan versus Rick. There's never a middle path of, well, maybe we don't take everybody right now and do a midnight strike. Maybe there is – maybe right. we need to send a reconnaissance out there and, like, look and, and see for ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Arguing about strategy, I think she's right. It, However, I'd much rather walk Walking Dead go full throttle ahead than get mired down in that bullshit. Right. That's it. That's all the feedback we've got. We do have spoiler stuff. Um, okay, because I've got rehash some, some old topics, and we've got a timeline that's brewing. So. Okay, okay, because that's the other thing is like I, I've got a lot to talk about. I know that there's probably some fatigue about there's a lot of death predictions and stuff going on. But oh like, yeah, every week I, I feel like the calculus changes a little bit. Right. Uh, so we are going to do a spoiler section. Why don't you uh, lead us into that? Uh, yeah, if you'd like to give us feedback, you can do so at Watching Dead at BaldMove dot com, or you can discuss our Weekly forum threads on forums.baldmove.com. I apologize. I was a little late to getting it out last night because we had the the times I usually do it is when we're doing the prelude to the live watch. And we had a bunch of unforeseen technical problems. We barely got it live. We we missed like the first 30 seconds of Carol bopping to her yeah. music and baking cookies. Uh, so I apologize for that. But yeah, it's, it's up there and we usually have a good time discussing it on the forums. All right. Uh, if you want to send us email. Send it to uh, Already watch, did it, watch dead. Dead. Did That's you? Sorry. <laughs> I stopped paying attention as soon as my part's over. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys next week, unless you're sticking around for spoilers. And until then, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. With the spoiler section, uh, I have, I want to start with Lenny. Before we get into the bat, the goddamn bat that the no goddamn one seems Batman. to want to let drop, mm-hmm. uh, I, I want to go to Lenny, who provided us with some comments about um, when we're wondering you know, how much room The Walking Dead has to go before it kind of hits the end of the comic run. Uh, he did some calculations. Okay. He, he said that... Um, Season one ends right before the farm, which is issue seven. Season two ends right before the prison, which is issue twelve. Season three uh, ends in the middle of the prison, uh, the prison with issue thirty. Season four goes to Rick biting uh, the Carl rapist throat at fifty-seven. Mm-hmm. Season five goes to issue seventy-seven when he kills Pete. Season six potentially is going to end when Negan gets uh, the bat out. Which is 100, right? Which is issue 100. So he's saying um, in 5.5 seasons, the, the show will the cover 100 now? issues. Uh, I think they're in the 160. Is it 160s? High? Maybe it's 140s. I don't know. Holy he shit. had it here, but I replaced it with my own stupid comments. Uh <laughs> So he says it's about 18 issues per season on average. Well, okay. Right, right. It's an average, and they could move 
they have moved quicker. And they have slowed in, down. And in old seasons, they have slowed down. Um, but he says that uh, he charts out the rest of it based on the comic book formula um, and the, the show's timeline and says that we should have about four more seasons before The Walking Dead hits Game of Thrones territory, which is like running out of book material to cover, mm-hmm. running out of comics, and the TV show will surpass the the comics. He thinks uh, in terms of story, season seven should end in the middle of All Out War. Season eight should end with the Whisperers slaughter of a dozen people. I, this is going way beyond anything I've heard about. So the, uh, the Whisperers is where I I didn't nope out. I just stopped reading, and I intended to keep going, but then I started getting disillusioned with the show, and I started noticing right. that when I'm disillusioned the show, when I'm comparing it to a superior comic, it really tends to color my eyes. So I'm like, I'm going to stop here and wait until we get a little bit closer and and, and refresh. But I, I saying that... Uh, I thought some of the most, by far, most interesting storytelling happened in the Negan and post-Negan uh, plot lines. Right, so there's a lot of good stuff in store. And he says um, apparently they go full full on war with the Whispers, and he thinks season nine um, will take us to that, which is where the comic is now. So he, he's calculating four more seasons of this before it looks like we the, start the late, we're at the about issue 150 right now. Okay. And again, like this is a place where they could slow down and tell the like the the I feel like that they could spend a season or two on this prelude to Negan slash All Out War, uh, right? And because we haven't gotten to the Kingdom yet, and I'm not, I don't know if they will do go there and and introduce that set of characters, and you know we haven't even met Negan yet. Like I don't think we're going right. to. Like it feels like this is the end of the season kind of thing that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but, that's what Lenny's saying. Yeah. Okay, uh, I agree. All right, so I'm just going to kick off all of the discussion we need to do about the bat. The problem with the, with the comics, though, is that you mostly you get 12 issues a year. Yeah. So the show, even at a at a pretty plotting pace, is going to inevitably catch up and surpass the comics. Right. But also, I, I feel like that. Um, I thought I just read an article this last summer where Kirkman said he felt like we were slightly over the halfway point to him being done telling The Walking Dead. Well, we're we're going to catch it by then. But no, like, but I can't I, imagine. So I, but but it might be closer than you think. Like if this has got 300 issues, so like let's say that he's got 200 issues or maybe 250. Uh-huh. I could see them landing just about at the same place. I just hope they don't tread water for that purpose. I hope they don't. I don't think they will. I mean, one easy way to tread water know. is not do the time like they could delay uh, the time jump from po- from the post all out war to you know they do like a two three year time jump they could easily get another season telling some other interesting story that's completely fresh and unique to the show which might right. actually be fun for the writers like clean slate you can't break the continuity post Negan mm-hmm. but you can you essentially have the expanded universe to tell whatever story you want for a season or two and I'm not saying that would be bad sure no but, I think it might be good so then, it's better than treading water yeah yeah yeah. I mean, it'd be right. it's treading water, but you could do it like you know, so is synchronized swimming. But well, that's that's all, interesting to watch, right? But it's not treading <laughs> water from a viewer only perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's treading water from a comic book perspective, and I don't give a fuck about that. Like, I haven't read this stuff. The majority of people have never read it. Like, and just I just make the show entertaining. To the extent that this was an original creation for the show and not the comic, I felt like this is the very first remix that was wholly good, right? Right. 
Now, I have a hard time believing that, that this doesn't completely replace some other things that happen in the comics, but it's hard not to. Like they got so they got such a weird mix of characters now. Yeah. Um, Carol like, alone. Right? Yeah, like that 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 are alive and they shouldn't be dead, or they're dead and they should be alive. That you you might have to do stuff like this, but I this gives me hope that they can tell an original story and not lean on the comics and and not fuck it up. Right. Okay, I'm going to lead into all the talk about the bat with Ryan's email. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, like a hundred people, a hundred people wrote in with their different takes on who's going to get the bat and why. And at some point it just becomes too much. We've talked about the bat every episode for an entire season now, but it does Maybe change. More. Like for example, and Tara, it does change. There Tara has a huge target on her back now. Right. And I feel like I just want to have a discussion around this than trying rather than try to read every single point from every single person okay i feel like that would take forever so i'm gonna read this from ryan to lead us into it and then we can talk about it uh ryan says i've never been more sure of anything than i am that glenn is safe from lucille having him look at all the pictures of bastion heads that the savior had above his bed would normally be a stellar example of foreshadowing however since we're dealing with kirkman i'm 99 percent sure this was a red herring love to hear your thoughts on the subject great show keep it up well so that's something we couldn't directly address during the main cast yeah. but these these photos on the wall are clearly of people with their heads bashed in mm-hmm. um that's got to be foreshadowing for for comic book readers and wh- why would those pictures be here a if negan weren't here um is this the guy who does i, I thought negan was the guy who did the bat sure swing. yeah he is so this guy's proud of negan's maybe he's the it's he's a reminder the equivalent of the white house photographer <laughs> okay all right. Uh, Maybe it's a reminder that if he fucks up, he might be next. Like, this is motivation for him. It's a good question why this guy has got all this Negan trophy collection. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't answer that question. Okay. I do think, like, as I said, that I thought Kirkman was a disrespectful motherfucker for <laughs> being what I thought cavalier with his, uh, his fans. Uh-huh. And I'm not, I'm not having, I haven't completely come off of that opinion, but I will say in the last few weeks, I've wondered if he's put so much doubt around this and has talked out so many sides of his mouth that even as I, who is a, as a comic reader, um, and a show watcher and a person who does a podcast and talks a lot about this, I don't know whether Glenn's safe or not. He is, he has muddied the water so much and that's kind of cool. I will say I, that... I mean, I'm still on the Glenn is safe train. So this week I reread the issue where Glenn dies. Okay. And I remember when I first read that issue, I felt physically ill. <laughs> with not just the Glenn dying, but his manner of death and just how... Pointless it was. And not just that, but it's, it's just really brutal, man. Like, mm. like he survives the first blow and it's... Uh, and just everyone's reaction to have to sit there and take it. It's just really it's really some some grim shit like it i remember the last time something like that on the show bothered me is where they were just slitting guys throats in at at at, at terminus you know and like you know glenn there's another thing like glenn yeah, was the next in line the for, for the for the bat right there uh-huh i killing glenn with mag pregnant maggie there watching him is pretty horrific and i'm not sure if there's anything they can do that's as horrific and uh, the the other way around. They've now smoked so, it up so much that I don't. I, I I feel like that's very plausible. Right. Let's talk about the other way around. We okay. know that Maggie and Carol are both in captivity now. Yep. If they mixed it up and they said, "Hey, we're going to bash Maggie's pregnant brains in in front of Glenn," 
Is that more? Is that worse? Is that sure. more impactful? I think you know, and again, especially after after the dumpster fire of Glenn's fake death. This this could be sexist of me, but beating the death of pregnant woman on television would be more horrific than beating the death of a man. Uh, yeah. I mean, I I agree with you. I think the fact that she's pregnant is. A huge factor in that. Yeah, but I mean, like I said, I mean, if you beat to death, Tara, I try to be aware well, of my biases, and I'm just saying that, like, you, if you take the pregnancy out of it, you beat to death Maggie in front of Glenn. I feel much worse oh, okay. than if they beat. Like, I, you know, I don't. Again, I don't I'm, really. I'm. I'm well, that's, that's my. That's like equal a, opportunity death. Sure, fine. In this world. I applaud you. Uh, I'm just saying <laughs> that I'm not there. Uh, I mean, like I said, okay. I'll freely admit that that viewpoint's probably bullshit, but if I'm being open and honest, that's the viewpoint I have. Gotcha. Uh, so, and I'm just thinking, like, Lauren Cohen, because it's graphic as shit. Like, I don't know that they can be that graphic of just beating someone's brain. Did you see the Polaroids? Like, that's the end result yeah. of what it looks like. I mean, just seeing her, I mean, anyone, it's going to be some brutal dehumanizing shit, but I'm just like, can right. her... I'm not opposed to it. I do like my... My, because if uh, I'm sexist, I know porn. the world at large is sexist as shit. And I just don't know the AMC is going to do that. Going to beat the brains of a pregnant woman out right. in some dark stretch of Georgia Road. Then again, I, don't... I know they're not in Georgia anymore. All right, but they're oh, still God. filming there. So Jesus, right? Uh, right. I and I, but I also don't think they won't go there. Like I'm not prepared to say no way will they do that. So the, I'm looking back where The Walking Dead has shied away from graphic violence is uh, they didn't rape Michonne with the governor and they didn't they didn't they have, didn't rape Maggie with the governor. But they got as close as they could that I think you can on basic cut television to make people in that com- discomfort yes. level. But they also didn't go for the full on revenge against the governor where you know Maggie would, the equivalent would be Maggie's you know spooning his tearing his eye out with a spoon that she just shoved up his ass but now, they, didn't, they also didn't con- contra some counter evidence mm-hmm. they had sam get his fucking head bitten open sure no problem sure they had michonne stab ron through the heart yep. with the sword and then get eaten so they're willing to you show can that murder children in the show right so can you murder a pregnant woman graphically with a bat I think you can't. I don't think you can. Because even in the comics, they didn't show Michonne being raped. It was all by, you know, in you know, it's not inference. It's like you, you got the reaction through, like, someone else overhearing what was going on. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't I don't know what the show is capable of. I don't think. That, I, I think I Maggie's think, up for grabs. Yeah, if they scenario. do it. I, and I, I even think with Glenn, like, they're not going to show, like, they'll show, like, blood splashing the people watching face and you might hear some pretty repugnant shit. <laughs> yeah. You might hear some terrible sounds mm-hmm. and you might see the end result, but like, I don't see how they get away with a, you know, uh, inglorious bastard style baseball bat bat. Cause even that, like even Quentin Tarantino went super wide angle. Right. Cause it's just really beating someone's brains in is, this is, is some repugnant inhuman shit. Okay, let me throw this out. Okay. Another option, Carol. Now that she's bonding with Tobin, she gets the shit killed out of her. <laughs> so Carol's in this weird holding pattern where we've said for two seasons, like, we don't know where her character arc is. We think it's kind of she's come full circle, but she continues to evolve. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know that killing Carol really moves the needle and it doesn't stay anything. 
I, and I don't feel anything about Tobin. Right. It's odd that Killing Carol at this point doesn't move the needle, but I feel like she's not in the middle of something that I care about. Well, everyone and, and else, with Maggie, she she kind of is. Everyone else you kill has some kind of connection to other characters. Right. And I guess Carol does. Like, everyone likes Carol. But she's kind of been... It's kind of been her and Morgan lately hmm. uh, having the interactions, and I'm not... I'm not as invested in that as I would have been, like, height of Carol and Daryl. You know, I could also see him killing Morgan, because Morgan's the one that's been okay. preaching about the... So so what's interesting about this is Morgan's the one that's been preaching about this preservation of life and how sacred human life is. Morgan's the one that's pushing for a prison. Yeah. Um, the climax of the the war arc is that Negan is captured and imprisoned. Right, so that happens so after think the about, bad thing? Yeah, well, like obviously, way it's way after after okay. the uh, the all out war arc happens. Lots of people die, but Negan gets defeated, and they that. take him as a prisoner. And then they flash forward, and he's been in prison this whole time. It would be interesting from a thematic arc if the man who built the prison that eventually holds him is the one who dies brutally at Negan's hand, and that maybe that's one of the reasons Rick yep. decides to imprison him. Is as right. out of respect for his friend Morgan, who like, and we had some people writing in to suggest exactly that. And that's the thing. Like, I I feel like every episode there's two or three p- plot lines where they could say this is who Negan kills with a baseball bat, and it would be meaningful for X Y reasons. Right. Whereas now I'm kind of off Daryl because Daryl's just that's just bait. That's just fan bait. That's just a simple. And it doesn't, getting a reaction out of the audience fan base because of how much they like Daryl. But but that's the only reason at this point yes. for Daryl. Because Daryl's been a non-entity for a while. Just a badass. Yeah, I mean, he, he like had, he some, had nice some moments, moments with Aaron. With, with, with Rick in two episodes ago. And I'm not saying it would Very be, brief and not that meaningful. It would be like, a huge impact to the fan base if he died. No one's arguing that. I'm hoping you're, you're not arguing no, that, No, no, right? no. But the only reason it's a but uh, everything else is because of who he Like who killing he Glenn, killing Maggie... Killing Morgan probably wouldn't move the needle, but it, the thematic angle is interesting. Right. Uh, anyone else you kill is, is got just the shocking of, oh, my God, this is a beloved character dying. Plus, oh, my God, what does this mean to Abraham? What does this mean to Maggie? What does this mean to, to Denise? What is it? You okay. know what I'm saying? Let me do this. Let me throw out some more. Okay. We've got Heath and Tara on a mission. Uh, is it possible that they get captured? We, sure. Th- this Absolutely. thing with Carol and Maggie you know, resolves itself without Absolutely. them getting killed. And it's actually Tara. And this is what got me, like, worried when Denise is like, oh, yeah, when you come back, I'll tell you I love you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little worried about that. No, no, I, I could see that happening. What I, Here's what I think is going to happen, though. I think that Negan's going to take these two prisoner long term, and Rick is going to be full of himself and think that they're just going to go into a rescue mission. Uh-huh. And... They're going to go mount out, and Negan's going to snatch him up immediately and make Rick feel impotent by beating one of these people to death, and then give them Carol and uh, uh, Maggie back, okay. or as a sign of goodwill. Just because like... that's that's Negan's way. It's like I'm going to brutalize you, but yeah. then here, like, here's the carrot, or here's the stick. He shows you both, and here's immediately the carrot. Like now, right. you don't like the stick. Mm-hmm. Here's the carrot. You might not like the taste of the carrot, but here again, here's the stick, and that's like. Yeah, that's what's so interesting about Negan. He's much more calculating and clever than any other villain that Rick. He is literally I'm the anti anti Rick. Yeah, um, 
He's no governor. He's not. And certainly psychotic. from the language that the saviors are using, um, it's a lot less ridiculous than the donkey lick days of yore. Right, calling I, people needle sure. dick and shit bird and sure. asshole. And honestly, with OJ, OJ's dropping f bombs like a motherfucker. I mean, every huh. week since they dropped the motherfucker, they have been. There's been at least one unbleeped f word. Now that's one hour later. It's a it's a ten o'clock slot and a nine o'clock slot, right. but I, I wonder if FX pushing these boundaries is going to, you know, if if Negan's first appearance is a cliffhanger for this season, I bet that Gimple and Nicotero is looking. Everybody's watching OJ, and they're like, I wonder what we can get away with. Or maybe this show airs on HBO next year. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it seems like they can have that unlimited amount of shits, pricks, yes. assholes. And, and and that's you know that I think Negan could live in that comfortable space. Yeah. Uh, and 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 be shocking and profane and and not 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 HBO. So. All right. Cool. Well, I think that's it. Okay. We've discussed all the possibilities. I don't really want to discuss this again, unless the scenario really changes. If Tara gets captured, well, I here's mean, the thing. Maybe I'll I'll talk if about new, it one more time. I I I don't want to limit it that way. If something Ugh. new, I'm, I, yeah, obviously I don't want to talk about it every week. But if new stuff okay. comes up, like I, as the calculus changes, I think it's interesting. Right. I mean, if you're trying to right. shut, but it shut changes off. every single week, and it just like it's really belaboring the point. Ah, uh, if it's right if, now. if people are interested in talking about it, and I am one of those people, I'm then... the guy that does feedback. I'm really uh, getting annoyed. Well, with I'll the have level my own talk. because I was going to talk about all this without the feedback. So I know I'm I'm mostly kidding. I will include it if I think it's warranted, and I obviously did this week. So we'll see where it goes. But uh, yeah, that's that's all the feedback uh, spoiler stuff I really got. All right, well, like we good as always. Uh, watching deadballmove.com and forums.baldmove.com. Anything but the bat. See you guys later. <laughs>